Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. This is a bonus episode. I know most of you guys are probably still got your eyes glued on the game because it's the bottom of the ninth. Kenley Jansen is on the mound, and it's a 4-3 game against the Oakland Athletics. But, hey, we are here with a great turn of events here, great group of people, and we're going to be doing some uh, some mid-season awards uh, to go right into the All-Star break. I'm going to introduce everybody real quick. We've got our head writer. we got Mr. George Sutherland. We have got... Jeff Brown from Off the Masta Podcast. We've got Anna, who hosts her own space weekly on Twitter. We've got my man, my co-host, DC. And then we've got two-thirds of the pesky party girls. We've got Christina. And we've got Red Sox lover. So, guys... What's been going on? Uh, how's your day so far? Uh, Kenley Jansen just closed out the game. Red Sox win 4-3. So uh, let's start with D.C. real quick. Uh, what's been going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm daddy duty. Uh, my wife's working all weekend, but uh, just watching baseball with the kids. And, uh, yeah, just enjoying the sweep we just saw. Oh, exactly. How sweep it is. Man, it, it seems like every time we do a podcast, we just get done sweeping somebody recently. Toronto, the A's. So, uh, let's just go over to Jeff. Well, what's been going on with you? How you doing? Jeff, you're on yeah. you, buddy. <laughs> there we go. You'd think after being on Teams meetings for like about three years now. But anyways... Yeah, it's been a fun summer so far. The Red Sox, I think, are finally coming out of that roller coaster ride that we've seen all season, the ups and downs. And this team is starting to gel, which is scary. The, the, you know, the, All we get now is to wait on the pitching. But I didn't have optimism going into this game, but they ended up pulling it out of their, um, their uh, hindsight. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, let's head over to Christina. How's it going with you? Going good. Join 
just been here off for summer break. So that's been great. And just traveling with my husband and watching baseball, loving the last few games that we've been having. Hopefully, like you said, this team will turn around. Hopefully pitching come through. We get some players back that have been hurt and hopefully we're on the right track. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing now. I was a little sad there, (laughs) but last few games have been better. Anna. Let's, let's head on to you. How are you been? How you been doing? Good. Um, thanks for having me. Excited to be here with um, a bunch of Red Sox fans. I'm a Twins fan by nature, um, but I would have rather been watching your your game today because mine is awful. So just trying not to jump off a ledge and find a new team to support. But hey, I guess I have a good one if I decide to do so, right? <laughs> hey, yes. You, right. you, you can join support. the pesky party, girls. <laughs> So, George, uh, what's going what's going on with you? How you been doing? Good. Hey. So, uh, no, we've been doing uh, we've been doing good. Uh, finally, got uh, a few days without steady rain up here in Southern Maine. So, uh, a little cloudy today, but you know, I'll take it rather than the monsoons we've been having of late. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, Liz, how are you? Hey, doing? guys. I'm doing great. I'm actually, well, I'm from Georgia, but I'm actually in Tennessee enjoying the mountain. But I had to make sure there was Wi-Fi here so I can watch the game. And I've been just having a heart attack, just emotions running through my body throughout the whole day. But how sweet it is, so it can't go any better. The weekend just ended with a big bang, so I'm extremely happy. I'm envious. Uh, Cabins in Tennessee, Smoky Mountains. It looks fantastic. Oh my God, it's beautiful out here. I want to stay here. Yeah. So, guys, well, we've been doing uh, really well recently. Uh, we sit there and we swept Toronto. We only lost one for the Rangers. Then we went and swept uh, the A's. Uh, everybody's pushing for the trade deadline. What are we going to do? But if you look on paper, what we are potentially getting back around the trade deadline looks really good. Tanner Houck, uh, I mean, not uh, Houck, Whitlock. We got Chris Sale potentially coming back. Trevor Story. Uh, man, Reyes. You know, Trevor. we're getting pieces that we need. And we have pieces we can move, too. So there's a couple pieces that I'd be willing to shop and trade away really quick and easy that at the beginning of the season might not have been that way. But uh, we are here for the uh, award ceremony for the midseason Red Sox. And the first award we're going to be handing out today will be the 10th Man Award. The 10th Man is, is, to me, seems to be somebody that you could bring off the bench at any point. Uh, he, he can do really well and, and play in your starting lineup. He can sit there. He's consistent for you. So we're go- we're going to be going around and we're going to start with George. Who is your vote for the 10th man award? Well, he's a starter, but this team would be really nowhere without him right now and that would be Verdugo. You know, um not everybody in the beginning of the season was laughed at him when he wanted an extension. You know, he's He's come out and shown everybody, yeah, I belong here. So 
yeah, fan, he's my man Doogie. Hey, uh, I, I personally sit there and threw something out there. Verdugo puts the V in MVP. Yep. So I can sit there and, and I can definitely agree with that. Uh, Jeff, let's go over to you. Who is your 10th man award going to? Yeah, I've looked forward to the 10th player award since I've been watching the Red Sox on Channel 38 for those <laughs> yep. who live in the Boston area. You know, listen to Jerry Remy give it out or, you know, Don Arcillo or. But it's usually a, a guy who's not an extreme all-star, but this, to me, it is. Uh, it's Brian Bayo. I don't think this team is where, you know, you could say Verdugo, I absolutely I'd be on that train too. But the one current outside of Paxton is Bayo, and he is the superstar of that lineup rotation. Yeah, uh, I, I love me, Bayo. Uh, Bayo, you know, we, we heard in spring training that Pedro kind of took him under his wing, and now we're actually seeing the the fruits of his labor of Pedro putting him under the wing. Yeah, and I got chills when I saw that video when they were together, training together. Oh, man, absolute uh, – Absolute greatness there. Christina, 10th man award. I've got Bayo also. Um, I was torn between the two, but um, I, I would say Brian Bayo because, I mean, without him right now, a lot of those games that we've, found, that we've been starting to win, they wouldn't have happened without him in our rotation, especially when everybody else went down and he was pretty much our only starter. I felt like it all laid on his shoulders and he, for being very young, he came out and did what he had to do. Uh, it's a lot to ask for a player very young and, you know, hasn't played that long. And so I, I say Bayo. Okay. DC, you're up next. Uh, who are you going to be there we go. for your, for your 10th man award? So I kind of took it literally, you know, I kind of think of it like the sixth man award in basketball. Um, I think a guy that his stats aren't really there, but he did miss a bunch of games this year is uh, Christian Arroyo. I think he just comes in a uh, professional hitter, comes up with good hits, not necessarily maybe not a, a home run, but he'll get a, he'll get on base set the table, you know, in the late innings. I mean, look at today, he kind of, he knocked in that tying run, you know, timely hit. So I'm going to go with uh, Christian Arroyo. Okay. You can't go wrong. Uh, they, they, at the beginning of the season, they were kind of asking a lot from him to be the everyday second baseman. And, you know, he, he put the pressure on his shoulders and, you know, he just got hurt. So, Anna, we're going so to go over to you. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit biased in a sense. And I took this a little different direction than everybody else did. Um, but I picked Rob Refsnyder. Um, I think, you know, pinch running, pinch hitting, he kind of fills in in places where he's needed. So, to me, you know... I took it pretty literally from that perspective. So to me, he, and, and I wanted to spread the love on some of the other awards and not pick the same people repeatedly. Um, so that's my vote. Okay. Hey, and you can't go wrong. Like anytime there's a lefty pitcher, you know, they plug him in uh, and, and he's able to hit the ball. His defense is really, you know, really well out there in the outfield too. So he's kind of that complete player. Uh, coming off the bench that you can sit there and count on uh, during the game, during a series when you need them. Uh, Liz, you're up next. 10th man award. I was really stuck on this one. I was also going to what Anna was saying, just literally like a 10th person. 
Um, but I definitely do want to go with Bello. Um, just like Christina said, he is so young. And to have all of that um, just put on his shoulder and the way that he has delivered and just developed throughout, I mean, he's just an ace. And every time he's there, I'm confident that he is going to win, um, that we're going to win. So to me, um, Bella's going to win a lot of awards from me, but he definitely deserves that one. Oh, see, uh, can't go wrong with him. I I kind of went a little bit different path. I would, and Anna, it's kind of funny. I, I was tossed up between Reb Snyder and the guy that I chose. I chose Martin because to me, that's the man right there that the eighth, he was set up Kenley for you. And just like today, you don't have to worry about too much pressure because nine times out of 10, Martin's going to sit there and get the job done for you. And without that setup, man, it's going to put a lot more pressure on Kenley. Uh, like just like a couple uh, weeks ago when Alex Cora went and asked for uh, Kenley to come in for four outs, that, that was a lot to ask for him, you know, but with Ken, uh, with Martin there, I sit there and have him for my 10th man award because he's the gatekeeper to Kenley. So, uh, you guys, any, any surprises that somebody picked overall? Mm-hmm. No? So, okay. Uh, l- let's sit there in, in between awards. Let's talk about so, uh, some of your favorite moments from this season. Uh, let's go, let's start with Liz. Na- uh, name a, name a great moment in the first half of the season that happened that was just like, you know, you sit there and seeing the Red Sox and you're like, that's my team. Oh my God. Just recently when Bello did seven innings and that was just great. I mean, he just, to me, I'm very, you know, I was all for Bello and I know he's young and at first he started really, you know, just one inning here, two innings, but for him to do seven innings and no hitter. And to me, I was like, Oh man, my team is definitely developing. We're definitely going there. We can win the other half, you know, just a matter of just tweaking stuff. But that was by hands, you know, hands down the best moment that I've seen so far. And I love it. And I love repeating it and watching on YouTube because that's just his face. Just happiness uh, there. Man, uh, it, it was a couple. It wasn't that game. It was, a, it was a couple before that when, you know, he went and struck out uh, the batter with the changeup. And, and he, he, had that, he had that face and pump, like, you know, walking off the mound. It's like, man, I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad the first time since, I got to say, like, like Lester that, you know, and we produce developed a starting pitcher that on this caliber. So uh, Jeff, let's shoot up to you. Uh, what moment comes to mind for you? I, I really want to go with a lot of moments with Duran lately, but I, I for me, it's uh, Kenley getting his 400 save. We don't have a lot of big moments in history. Uh, lately, especially, and I don't think it was at Fenway Park where it happened, but him getting his 400 save and realizing who Canley Jansen was, I, I truly didn't follow his career up to the Red Sox. I knew of his accolades with the Dodgers um, and his time, you know, starting as a catcher. But, you know, listening um, to his family talk about him and everything like that, it, it was heartwarming to listen to his story and how happy he was and how happy he is with his team. Yeah. Uh, 
Kenley, that, that, that save he had was amazing. Uh, and I know how much it actually meant to him overall. Uh, and, and you can sit there and see it, to him how much it meant to him also. Uh, DC, I think I know what you're going to sit there and, and choose for yours. If not, I, I'm, I might have to bring it up. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious now. Sorry, my baby is banging off her tray. Um, actually, I was going to say what Jeff just said. Uh, I thought the uh, foreigner save was pretty cool moment. Um, I watched that little video the Red Sox put together on their uh, social media about all the former players that he's played with, you know, giving them that, those special messages to him. Um, but if I had to choose one, probably recently, the game against Eovaldi, I think that was a game where we put that crooked number up um, in the fifth or sixth inning. It was just cool to see them come alive, especially one of the best teams in baseball at the moment. Um, so if it wasn't Kenley, I'd probably say, uh, you know, that game against Eovaldi and how they kind of responded. But what, what were you and thinking? I, I was thinking of that tweet that, that we're walking oh, off. I forgot and, about that. And, and, and Adam Duvall, I'm, I'm going really early, and Adam Duvall took that thing to the moon and back. I, I thought for sure, you know, because you called it, you're like, we're walking it off. We're, we're walking it off. So that's the moment I thought you were going to go for. Uh, George, what about I'm you? I'm honest with you, man. I kind of kind of forgot about that. Oh, man. For me, it was James Paxton on his first start, going out there looking like he never skipped a beat. And, you know, for all the, the talk in the offseason, was he ever going to make it on the field or whatever, uh, you, you looked at it and you said, Oh, if this is what we're getting, we're in really good shape. So that that for me was the the highlight, you know, the forgotten man, you know, James Who. So Anna, let's let's head over to you. So I mean, seeing the four hundred save was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I don't watch nearly as many Red Sox games as any of y'all do, but. I did catch um, the Twins and the Red Sox in spring training. I'm going to take it all the way back there. Um, I saw Chris Sale make a start there, and I thought, oh, crap, we're in trouble. Like, he looks like he's still for real. And I know he's been hurt, and, you know, that's disappointing, but he put up some decent numbers before that, and I, I think he still had – he has stuff left in the tank. So – I think that makes the team dangerous with him coming back, but just to see him look what he looked like, you know, years ago was pretty darn cool. And I, I love how you keep it professional because I thought you were going to throw out there. Hey, I, I love seeing uh, Christian Vasquez hit his first home run of the season against you guys. So I, I'm, I'm glad you kept it professional. So I appreciate that. Uh, Christina. Well, mine's going back to when Yoshi had the two home runs in one inning. The grand slam and the home run. That's my Yoshida. That's my guy. My little pequeñito. I I just love me some Yoshi, which y'all know already. <laughs> masa, masa, masa. So uh, that one game where he had two home runs in one inning, I guess it, it was against the Brewers. And yet one was a grand slam. And it was the eighth inning. Oh, I know. That was just... That was amazing for me. <laughs> it yeah. was perfect for me. Uh, Masa, I, I love how, like, Masa was slumping there for a little bit, and, and everybody started dogging him. It's like, dude, let let, let that man go. Like, yeah. you know, now me, 
I can't think of any moments, any just one moment, but I'm going to have to say any time my man Verdugo walks off a home run, throws out Bichette at home plate in Toronto, like any time with Verdugo ending the game, that's got, those are got to be my moments, uh, 100%. So let's, uh, let's go on to our next three award. Let's go to the Come Out of Nowhere Award. Uh, this this award here is, is like someone you wouldn't really expect uh, doing what they're doing. And man, okay, I don't. We're not taking calls in, but you guys know my man uh, Taylor. So he just sit there and uh, he said his moment was, and we can say it on here. Please be fucking fair with Alex Verdugo. So he has texted that to me. So shout out to him. But uh, the Come Out of Nowhere Award. So let's start with uh, with you, Liz. Who who and and you're on mute. Come out of nowhere. Um, I want to say as bad as it sounds, I want to say Duran. I think ever since last year when he had the whole fumble with the ball and he missed it, I was like, oh Jesus. Okay, we need to just get rid of him. I mean. I he has surprised me so much and for him to come out the way he has played I was blindsided by that I mean I know he was gonna maybe get better but how he is that just really did come out of nowhere so I think he deserves that uh great pick I'm I'm just gonna sit there and say right now mine that was the same thing Jaron Duran uh that was my come out of nowhere pick it's like for him to be doing what he's doing at the level he's doing and it's one thing in baseball when you're doing really well and then you slump and then all of a sudden when you're slumping it kind of affects your mindset but for Jaron to then pick it back up adjust what he's doing and get back on this hot streak that's what a major league baseball player is that's what the Boston Red Sox need and he's become our leadoff man so Liz, I'm right. I'm right with you. Jaron Duran is my come out of nowhere award. Anna, it's on you now. You're up. So I picked the same. <laughs> I picked the same um, Duran, and I mean, just if you compare his stats, like from the previous two seasons, although he played less games, but like his batting average now. At before the game today at 319 compared to 215 and 221 like I I mean I just think that's unexpected um again obviously don't watch him as much as you guys do and so but I I think he's killing it and it's great to see you always cheer for someone like that to like you know do better and uh, his you know, like lifetime batting average is raised significantly with this year alone. So I hope he keeps it up. Yeah. Uh, I've got to admit early on in the season, I was, I was baffled by him. I, I kind of questioned him uh, for, you know, instead of going to spring training, he went to the WBC to not play. And I, you know, Alex Corris sits there and tells him, just go out and have fun. He worked with, uh, Pedroia a little bit on, you know, his swing. And now we're seeing the, the final product of a man that's playing in the majors having fun. 
So, uh, Christina, you're um, all up. Okay, mine is different. Mine is Chris Martin, just because I'll be honest, I did not know, you know, I didn't follow him before. And so, um, to me, when he comes out of the bullpen, I just, I feel fine. Like, there's certain other ones when they come out of the bullpen, I'm like, no. But when Martin comes out, I'm like, okay, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do, like you said, to get it to Jensen, or he's going to close it out himself. But he's, I have faith and trust him. So to me, he came out of nowhere because I didn't know much about him for me personally. So now, you know, um, and I, my husband teases me because I always want to say, because this is just a Hispanic in me, his, his name is, last name is Martin. And I always say Martin. And my husband goes, he's not Mexican, babe. It's not Martin. It's Martin. Because <laughs> I always want to yell, come on, Martin. It's like, it's Martin. But yeah, to me, he came out of nowhere. And I'm impressed with him and I have confidence when he comes out of the bullpen. And just like last night too, when he came out, got, he just needed one pitch or whatever the other night and got, or not last, but the other night and, you know, got a double play ball. And then today he came out and set it up for, so Jensen. And so I just, I just like Martin. So to me, he came out of nowhere and he's doing what he needs to do and he's doing his job. Yeah. Uh you picked him for the come out of nowhere award pretty much the same reasons why I picked him for the 10th man award. So DC, you're up my man. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to jump on the train of Duran. I think uh, after, like Anna said, the last, you know, last year was pretty abysmal, man. He uh, struggled pretty mightily um, hitting 319 going in today, 27 doubles. Um, his OPS is what, what uh, surprised me the most 885, which is insane especially because he only has five home runs. So he's, he's knocking in doubles left and right. Uh, how many games now has he had multi hits? Uh, he had that five for five. Um, you know, he's, he's getting consistently two to three hits a game, which is unreal. And I know I, uh, I kind of crapped on him pretty hard in spring training. I agree with you. I think he should have um, spent more time with the team instead of going to WBC where he wasn't going to play, but obviously something, something clicked and uh, obviously he knows better than I do, but yeah, I, I think he came out of nowhere, man. And he's 17 out of 18 stolen bases. That's uh something that we don't really ever have on the Sox. And uh, it's good to have that speed because that sets the table. And it didn't happen if you get that guy in base. Yeah, uh, man, I, I want to sit there and say, last time we had speed like that would, would have to be Ellsbury, you know, out there. Uh, you know, Jackie Bradley was fast, but, but he yeah. is, he's nowhere nowhere near as fast as Duran is. So, Jeff, and Jackie uh, Bradley you're up. Jr.'s uh, OP. Sorry, bud. Uh, oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. If you want to finish you're, up. You're, you you could definitely finish that Jackie Bradley comment. <laughs> uh, he just, I mean, we, obviously his defense was amazing, but he just never got on base. Got a consistent clip to you know get stolen bases. But sorry, Jeff, my bad. Man. No, no, no. Uh, going into this year, we looked at the rotation, and I don't think anybody any of us could have foresaw the train wreck that would have uh, happened to this this rotation. And any team can go go through this up and down, but. Uh, when Cutter Crawford first came into the rotation, I had no faith in what he was going to do. I took, okay, an inning two here. But he has really saved this rotation countless times through the rotation. And not only that, he his confidence to me has gone through the roof. He looks like a pure starter now. He looks like a number three or four guy that I would trust going out there every fifth day. Um, so going into the season... I don't think any of us could have foreseen Cutter Crawford as one of our starters, uh, maybe a number five at, at some point, but I did not foresee it going into the season. And for that, he's my uh, come out of nowhere guy. 
Hey, yeah, great pick. Uh, I, I know when, on one of our podcasts, I threw out there, I thought uh, Cutter Crawford was going to have the most wins on the Red Sox. Uh, I don't see that happening now. But, you know, just to see him solidify himself in the starting rotation uh, right now is is pretty good for me. George, you're up. Uh, as, impressive, as impressed as I am with what Jaron Duran has done, particularly of late, I also went with somebody on the pitching staff, which was Winkowski. He has become one of the most reliable mid guys in that bullpen. You, know, you saw it the other night. You know, comes in with runners on base, stops the bleeding. All right. Um, and, you know, if you look at where he was last year, it was like, eh, okay, they, they kept tossing him out there. We're going to do this. He's become a very reliable reliable option out of the bullpen. And, and I got to be honest with you, I didn't see that. So that that's, to me, he's he's definitely shown that. So he's my vote. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we're going back to spring training and thinking about, bullpen people when Kowski never would have crossed my mind ever, you know, but he's become one of the most consistent people in our bull, uh, bullpen now. So, but no, uh, anybody, you know, surprised by anybody's picks at all overall, or, you know, I, I love the diversity. Uh, I, I love, I love how everybody's kind of going different directions. Uh, a couple of us, you know, went uh, with Duran, but uh, let's go. Uh, let's go next up on the award, the Unsung Hero Award. So far, so Unsung Hero is, is someone uh, I would sit there and see that that consistently, you know, is able to step it up at will. So let's uh, let's start with with uh, Jeff on this one. Jeff, I'll, who's I'll your keep... Unsung Hero? Yeah, I'll keep mine short, just for the exact reasons Christina pointed out. Martin is my unsung hero. Yeah, we have not had an 8-9 uh, setup or an 8 guy, a guy in the 8 hole for a setup in quite a long time. And when we do, you know, you see teams go far into the playoffs when you have the back end of the bullpen set up. And we have the back end of the bullpen set up now. I, I don't lose any sleep. Coming out of the seventh inning with with the lead now, I, I know I, I don't know where Chris Martin's been all my life. <laughs> I mean, the guy's what thirty seven years old, and he's a stud reliever. Um, yeah, Chris Martin is my um, unsung hero. Well, I, I'm going to sit there and let DC come in after this one because uh, as soon as we signed him, DC was big on Martin. So DC, who's your unsung hero? And you want to throw a little, little uh, Martin uh, praise out there? You go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'll start off with Martin just because I mean, obviously, it's a good segue. Um, yeah, I was really excited about him. He doesn't walk guys. He comes in. He's consistent. He gets batters out, and he has great command. Um, as you see, uh, like you guys have said, I, I'm not worried. You know, if, especially in the eighth and ninth inning, we have a lead. I'm pretty, pretty confident. You know, it should turn out pretty well. Um, we haven't had that a lot, you know, in the last few years in the back end of the bullpen. So it's, it's refreshing to see. So love the Martin signing. I think I think I even said on the podcast, that's one of my favorite signings of the whole offseason. Um, if I had to go unsung hero, I'm going to go with my man, uh, Justin Turner. I think he comes up with uh, clutch hits, you know, timely hits, you know, all the time. He's hitting 288. His uh, OPS is 821, which is phenomenal for a 38-year-old. Um, and I just... 
don't know. I just think uh, they really rallied rallied around him after he got hit in the, you know hit in the face in spring training. Um, I've heard on the Nest and broadcast time and time again how much of a uh, leader he is in that clubhouse, and that's exactly what we need at this time, especially with all the turmoil. You know, one week we're doing awesome, the next week we're kind of just crap in the bed. And uh, hold on, Ani. But um, I'm gonna go Justin Turner. Hey, DC, she was just trying to get give her, you know, uh, unsung hero award. Also, I I swore I swore I, I heard her say throw some dirt on it, Justin Turner. She's saying so. something over there. I don't know if that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, DC, great minds think alike. I'm gonna throw mine out there right now, and mine was also Justin Turner. His numbers this year are parallel to his career numbers. And like you said, at his age, it's just, it just shows how consistent this man is. Uh, you know, we joked about it. George, you know, th- uh, threw me some, throw some dirt on it, you know, way back in the day. And it, it's, it's been stuck in ever since. So uh, JT is definitely my uh, pick for the unsung hero. So let's go to Liz. Who is I your... am. I'm definitely with you guys also, JT. I mean, just because of his age, you know, everybody would say, man, old man coming up at bat. But old man can definitely be consistent at his swing. He has been just hitting. And to me, after getting hit um, and just coming back, and I feel comfortable when he's there and I feel confident. So at his age, he definitely deserves the Unsung Hero Award. Most definitely. Definitely. Uh, let's go over to Anna. She seems like she's chomping at the bit here. Well, I went a totally different direction than you guys did, but for a lot of reasons that you listed prior for, um, you know, 10th man and stuff, I went Bellow. Um, I think as, you know, slated as a number five, like, you don't really necessarily always expect a ton, um, but he's definitely, you know, brought it, Um, you know, 3-4 3-4 ERA or 3-0-4 ERA, which whatever, but he's pitched 80 innings. You know, he's definitely striking out more people than he's walking by far. I just think, you know, that's just not necessarily what you expect from your number five. Like he's kind of saved somewhat a rotation that's had major issues and injuries and that kind of stuff and really stepped up. So he's my pick for Unsung Hero. Uh, great point that you sit there and made. Like, if it wasn't for, you know, Bayo, and his record doesn't speak to what his performance has been. Uh, he's gone out there several occasions and just no run support whatsoever. So, Christina, who do you I got? Wanna, um, I actually have Verdugo only because so many people trashed him and I'm still mad that he's not on the all-star team. So he's my unsung hero because to me, he deserves to be on the all-star team. Um, I know he been, was a little bit in a slump the last, you know, few games and stuff, but the last few weeks and stuff. But to me, he's just stepped it up when he was lead off. He did his job there. He has done his job in the outfield. And so he was my unsung hero. But like I said, a lot of it had to do with I was I I was mad. I was salty that he did not make the all star team. And to me, he doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves. And like when Cora benched him that one game and for not hustling and I was like, I get it, but there's other players in the team who do a lot of other stuff that, you know, I don't, I don't know. To me, I like Verdugo and to me, he's the unsung hero and he doesn't get all the credit he deserves when he, you know, 
when he should. So that's who my unsung hero is. Uh, hey, anytime somebody wants to support Verdugo, I'll, I'll sit there and stand right there right with him. So, George, unsung hero. I'm on the Chris Martin train. Um, you know, he he makes Kenley's job a lot easier and makes Kenley more effective. And in the case of a doubleheader was, you know, as it happened recently, you know, you use Kenley one game, he can come in and do the close job, you know, every once in a while and, and do it effectively. Um, a, set, a, a quality setup man is, a, is an important feature on any winning ball club. Fortunately, we have one. Hey, great pick with Kurt, uh, Chris Martin. So, uh, I kind of, I kind of love the the different ways and different avenues. You know, we actually looked at that award and how we handed them out. Uh, before we get get to the the Debbie Downer of the uh, of the episode, let's uh, let's sit there and talk. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw it out there. You got three people. You can only extend one. Who's it going to be? Bayo, Duran, or Verdugo? Okay. George, we're going to start with you. Bayo, the, the, kid, the kid is special. Um, you know, we started calling him Pedro Jr. Yeah, the kid is special. Uh, he, he, and, and, he, and every time out, he just keeps getting better and better. Uh, he's your ace of the future. Lock him up now. Jeff? Yeah, I want to lean towards Duran just because he's, he's a hitter. But pitchers are in short supply, especially in our farm system. So I'm going to say Bayo also. He's got the stuff that you, you just don't – you can't duplicate what he has. Christina? Bayo, because like I said, as much as I love Verdugo and I love Duran, pitching is – We've always lacked it. I, I would not want to see him go now that he's doing what he's doing because I do think he's our future. And so, yeah, you've got to keep him. DC? Uh, Bayo, 100%. Um, I think with his age and how well he's performed so far this year, um, and uh, like they've touched on, we haven't been the greatest with uh, developing pitchers. So I don't think you can let this one slip between your fingers. I think you got to lock him up immediately. Um, obviously the other two are, are doing awesome. Duran's on fire. Um, and it's no, I mean, I, I love Verdugo. Obviously I I've changed my mind on him, but definitely bail. You, you have to, the pitching is just too important. Anna. Bayo, um, but because I just think pitching as a whole is harder to find. I don't even think, I'm not even thinking like team wise, just overall, if you get a good one and you can, you know, get them to stay and they're happy with you, you got to do it. I, I think, I think it's a no brainer. I think that, you know, the other two players are special, but pitchers like that are few and far between. And so definitely it's a no brainer. And Liz. Well, again, all three of them are great, but pitching that's just where we're at right now. And Bayo, we just need to, like DC said, we need to lock him up. We can't let him get away. We've been struggling with pitching, um, but just how he has come in from just all the way up to seven innings. I mean, I can't stress that enough. We just need to keep him. That's it. Okay. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to follow suit with you guys. 
uh, I, we, we got a lot of outfielders in our farms, you know, farm system that can, you know, we still got Masa out there. So I would have to lock up uh, Bayo also as much as it hurts me to sit there and, and turn down the other two. So unsung hero award is over. Now it's time for this, this, this could have been named the, the clown award. Uh, the biggest disappointment award. It could have been named a, a few different things. But bam, the biggest disappointment so far on the Red Sox so far this year. And we're going to start with, with Liz because I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking she, she's got some comedy <laughs> relief there. Listen, I think it should just be like a group where we just all say the name because Hernandez, Kike, I'm sorry. Kike, do you love me? Everybody loved him. He had a, he had a great time. But let's talk about all the errors he's had. Let's talk about how he wanted. He said he was fine with playing shortstop. I mean, the resume. The resume. I mean, the reporter. He was right. He doesn't have the resume for it. We've seen it so many times, and the fact that he is still putting that shortstop almost. Nine out of ten times, it's just mind-blowing to me because he does not deserve to be there at all. At all. So, Kike, you're the clown award. I'm sorry. That has to go to you. Okay. Uh, we're going to sit there and take a quick break as I bring in another uh, panel guest, Mr. Pete Collins. Hey. How you doing, everyone? How are you doing, Pete? Uh, doing you, well. you came in just in time for the uh, biggest disappointment award. Uh, I'm uh, pretty sure everybody, but I think I might have, I, I might be the outcast here for not picking the same person. Uh, let's just go really quick around. Is there anybody else not pick Kike for the biggest disappointment award besides myself? Okay. Anna, Christina. Okay. So Jeff, George, and DC all got Kike. Christina, who do you have? Okay, I was torn between Kike, but who I went with was Kluber because we paid him what we paid him. He went from opening day starter to bullpen to phantom injury. To me, that's the biggest disappointment. Kike, is, I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be shortstop. Story got hurt, you know, had to have the surgery in the offseason. They threw him in there. Yes, he's horrible. He has so many errors. If you should see how many times I yell at my TV, Enrique, because when you do bad, you get your full name <laughs> in my house. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of Enrique. But the biggest disappointment to, because uh, I was torn between those two. And I mean, I was like, well, I mean, Geek has been a horrible, but Kluber, because you mean he was the opening day starter. He was supposed to come in here and, and we've been struggling with pitching for so long. And he was supposed to be in here, you know, 10 million, get this. And he went from opening day starter to bullpen to phantom injury. Like, it's like, he to me, he's the biggest disappointment because I think they expected more of him. I expected more of him, you know, Cy Young pitcher coming in. I was not expecting that to happen. And then, of course, you know, Cell gets hurt. And now you've got this pitcher, Kluber, who can't do his job. And so now it's all resting on Bale and Paxton. And I don't know, to me, he's the biggest disappointment as far as signing-wise, money-wise, and stuff like that. So that's who I picked. I was torn between him and Kike, but I was like, no, Kluber, because 
that's the sign we made over the off season. That was supposed to be the one that was supposed to come in and do something for us. And to me, it just, we've got to eat $10 million now. I mean, there's, what else can we do? It just, there's nothing else we can do. We got to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete, who did you have? I was torn between the same two. I mean, I think we probably all were, but I went Kluber as well. And I think the deciding factors for me are, are what pushed me over the edge was that Kike's playing out of position and he's a, a good center fielder. I mean, he is clutching the playoffs. He plays a good outfield and taking a center fielder, like throw Duran at shortstop and see him make a bunch of errors, throw another outfielder at shortstop and see him make a bunch of errors. And then to start saying that he's the biggest disappointment because he's playing out of position, making errors. I couldn't do it to him. Kluber is a starting pitcher, a good one at that, or, or was a good one at that, and has been horrific. Uh, he's your number one starter over a sale and then comes in and throws up this ERA and, and this performance. And as you mentioned, the money. I never really think about the money because there's just so much of it and they should be willing to spend. But yeah, what a waste, right? Actual real dollars. What a waste on him. Um, and you're just hoping maybe he comes back and can be like eligible for your bullpen. That's where you're at with your opening day starter. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox, it just blows my mind thinking back to like, you know, when I was a kid watching them, your opening day starters hoping to make the bullpen is kind of wild right now. I mean, he was the opening day starter, too, I think, because they just told him he would be. And then Chris, Chris Sale is your better pitcher at the time. He, he just Chris Sale is a major leaguer. He knew I'm not, what have I done to earn the opening day nod? Nothing. So go ahead. Throw me out there second. I deserve it. Um, you know, kind of reminds me of an old school type mentality towards baseball Chris Sale has. But yeah, Kluber's my biggest disappointment. Yeah. Uh, Anna, what about you? Uh, same. And actually for basically the same reasons that Pete said, I, Kike can't, I, I feel bad for him. Like he's literally being asked to do something that he's not used to doing. And my team has done that a ton and it usually never works out for, for the good, you know, the plays that you should make once you miss them. I can see the screaming at the TV. I couldn't take it. Um, Kluber to me, when you pay somebody that much money, you're expecting more. And I mean, I think that was a risky contract as it was like to pay him that much um, because he just hasn't been as good recently and it definitely didn't work out. And uh, yeah, uh, to me, it, it's him by far. I I was different from all you guys. My biggest disappointment for the Red Sox this season is AC. For the reason of putting Kike at, at shortstop. For the reason to let him continue to play shortstop. Heim went out and signed Chang. Heim went out and signed Reyes. Not the best options, but they were better options than Kike. He made a statement. Uh post-game that Kike was no longer going to play shortstop and he continues to put him there. Like when is enough enough where AC is going to sit there and say, Kike, you're not playing shortstop. You're, you're now going to be our, uh, our floating outfielder, you know, when needed. Uh, because there's no point of putting that man there anymore. Like how many games did Kike cost us playing out of position? At least I'm going to say five. five uh, put us five games. We, we got the wild card spot then. You know, five more wins in the win column. AC, you got to sit there and start playing the best people at the best positions available. 
you can't friendships out the out the window, contracts out the window. The best people got to play the best positions. So that was mine. Uh, I was gonna say Kike, but AC is just a, to me is a bigger disappointment for letting that man stay there as long as he had and continues to put him there to this day. So guys have uh, any comments about the uh, biggest disappointment? I mean, no? it's kind of hard to blame AC for putting him at shortstop. Who else, who do you want to see all year? And where, where does Kike go if he's not playing? You know what I mean? They have a log jam. You were saying a floating outfielder. They already have too many outfielders with Duran pushing everyone out of the way. I mean, I, it's kind of hard, I think, to to blame Alex Cora when you're given the groceries. You got to kind of cook with what you're given. You know, the right. uh, uh, Kike could have played second base when Arroyo was out. You, you know, are, he, he right. played he plays a better second base than he does a shortstop. Yeah, but I think he's still, he's a good you know, second baseman. I, but he still tries to do too much. I mean, you saw that you saw that yesterday. It's like, you know, he got the ball and he should have ate it, but he still wants to try to make the great play so he can get some. You know, he can get high, on a highlight reel. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Kike was number one, but you know, one A was certainly Corey Kluber. So, yeah, I could, I could spend the next hour talking about what I don't understand about AC Alex Cora. The, the lineup changes just boggle my mind. You know, you, you never see a championship team not have a continuous lineup that you know who your one through five guys are in the lineup. I can't count uh, on one hand how many times I've seen the same lineup. In a in just a series, three games in a row, the same exact lineup. It doesn't happen, and that's because Cora is so he believes too much into uh, the stats that lefty on lefty. It's it's a real thing. No, no, it, it it's not. You, you got guys out there who can hit lefties all the time, and when they when you put Kike in there for Duran, who's twenty four years old, and I don't hear anybody say, "Well, he needed a day off." No, he doesn't. Not at twenty four. God, I wish I was 24. I I never needed a day off at 24. I'd be up for 40 hours straight. I didn't need a day off. You know, how are you going to give this kid confidence if you're constantly sitting him in Cassis against lefties and you put in a guy who can barely hit his weight? It doesn't make any sense. This guy, and and the problem is with Cora, he's going to get unchecked because this team is going to get better. And people are going to say, oh, well, Cora, man, you know, you, you know, Cora stuck with these guys. Cora did the right thing. I would say Cora lost this team more games than Kike Hernandez this year by far. And not even getting into the bullpen decisions he's made this year. I will agree that not just Cora, but baseball itself now with all the analytics, how everybody that's, you know, and I get it because, you know, that's what it sounds. But it's like you said, sometimes it's just the player themselves, you know, but. Uh, a lot of stats and analytics and that's what they're going by and stuff. And sometimes I just want that old school manager where they just know that, you know, this guy's out there and going to give off. Like to me, I think Duran has just something to prove because of how he played last year. And I'm sure in the off season, he was very hard on himself, like him, his, you know, his own self, like not happy with his performance. And I'm sure, you know, he's to me, I see a lot of heart in him this year. Like he's trying to, prove what he did wrong last year and he's trying to make up for all that and he's going out there so i agree give him a shot against a left-handed pitcher because i think he 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 might prove you wrong because he's he's playing with so much more this year and but like you said it's 
so much analytics and stats this year and the lefty lefty and righty righty and who does good against this pitcher and who, you know, so it is, and it's, it is different because I, like you said, I've watched baseball all my life and growing up, it was pretty much always the same lineup. You knew, like you said, the first five or six batters, then maybe they put someone into pitch hit, but you pretty much always knew your main starters. That was all. And you're right. There's some days it's, I look at the lineup and I'm like, oh, okay, Yoshi's out today. Oh, okay. Now he's DHing. And so it's not, and okay, Duvall's in, Duran's not in today. Why? Duran just had a wonderful, you know? And so I'm like, I'm questioning it and I'm like, but of course, you know, it's easy for me to question it because I'm just the fan at home. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying because, you know, I grew up, like I said, watching this 48 years. I've watched this game and all my life. And it's just like, you know, like you said, you always knew who your players were going to be. You always knew these were your starters. They were going to play. This was your DH. This was your cleanup batter. Oh, number four. Like you just, you knew this and now it constantly changes. And so sometimes I am like, why are we changing it again? Like if it ain't broke, why fix, you know, like just so, but I know it's because now they're into all this analytics and stats and that's what they go and they look at all these papers and these, you know, numbers and who does this. But sometimes I just wish that you could push a little bit of that aside and just go with what you just think is right. But at the end of the day, it's human beings. If you, if you got a guy who's went some for his last date, He's hot right now. He's playing you know, with heart. He's, yeah. that, that trumps analytics every yeah. single day. Right. And a guy like, uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Oh, no, go, go ahead, George. Uh, a guy like Duran, I mean, look, he was embarrassed at the beginning of the season with them selecting Tapia. Okay. Tapia embarrassed him last year. Okay. He goes back to the minors. He, you know, he, he starts figuring out a little bit more. And since he's come back, he is playing like a man possessed. So, you know, um, I, you know, Corey isn't even playing the, the, you know, the hot hand. I mean, it's like, you know, somebody's hot and all of a sudden, you know, he's on the bench. What? You know, it's, it's not even that. I mean, he's, he's trying, I think he's trying to be the ultimate players manager, not get anybody upset. Hey, you know, be a big boy. You know, the, the, you know, Skip tells you to sit down, you sit down, you know, I but he's on that. I was just thinking, be- though, like, it, it is July, right? You, mm-hmm. you start playing people in weird times because you want to put tape out there. You hope they raise their bat and average so you can trade them, especially if you think you might be moving someone. So you're playing Duvall, you might want to move Duvall. You know what I mean? You're putting some people out there maybe when you don't necessarily think it's the best move as the manager because you're looking to trade them. So, well, so I know that's why they put Duvall in the lineup today because he's trying to get, you know, get you get, get so they could see yeah, how so he, you know. They yeah. say it's a rest for Duran, but it's really we want to showcase. You know, exactly. we can't say I, that though. Yeah. That looks horrible. So you can't say that. So you say you're resting them, and we all get on them for resting them when it's <laughs> it's just what I can't say. Sorry, you know, like yeah. I wish I could talk to him offline and be like, what What is it really though? And he's like, oh, I'm trying to trade Duval. I got to put him out there. <laughs> yeah, he had to showcase him a little. So, okay, guys, we're gonna go to the next award, the biggest surprise award. This is somebody that has that shock value of how well they're doing when we never thought they would be anywhere near this. So, Liz, you were uh, really quiet for the for the whole uh, Kike, AC, Kluber deal. So we're going to start with you. Uh, who was your biggest surprise award going to? Again, my biggest surprise will be going to Duran. And just like I posted on Twitter, um, everybody who hated on him, they need to fill out that apologize form because they he needs a lot of apologies to him. And, I mean, look at where he's at. And just like Jeff was saying, um, 
you know, they're already having two days off because of the All-Star. Why did you bench him? Why did you sit him? I mean, they do not need to be resting. He was he hit home runs um, yesterday. So for him to just be out of the lineup, to me, it's just crazy. Let him do what he can do. Um, taking him off does not make him a better player. Taking him off does not build up, um, you know, for him being clowned at the beginning of the year last year. So he deserves that award. He has been the biggest surprise for me this whole season. And I just hope he gets better. I, I, I love how we were uh... – we were down and then tied the game, and then th- then they wanted to bring uh, Duran in today, and look what happened. So, uh, Jeff, uh, who was your biggest surprise? I wish I could play this as Iron Man in the background because, you know, my biggest surprise is Tanner Hogg. Uh, I, I saw him as the end of a rotation guy coming into this year, but he, I also saw him for the last couple of years. He always has looked to me as a right-handed Chris Sale. He's got the stuff. He just hadn't put it together yet, but his confidence has been slowly increasing, increasing. I just hope this injury that he just uh, took in, anybody's been hit in the face. It, it does, especially as a batter, which thank God he's not a batter, does take some time to get back in the that batter's box. But I just hope he's not going to be a little skittish on the mound going forward, but I don't see how you can't, can't be, but his confidence has gone through the roof this year. I think having as much as we clown on Kluber and uh, sale for being um, Mr. Glass, there's still two great guys for guys like Tanner Houck and Brian Bale to pick the minds of. And I, I truly believe those two guys are being, are being mentored by both of the Kluber and sale this year. At least I hope so. I, I can't foresee why it wouldn't be, happening uh but i think tana hugs is going to get better i think he's if we had went to who what top five guys we should have should be extending tana Hugs should be in that list because the same reason i put bayo is it's starting pitching is priceless in this league i pulled a christina uh i, I have myself muted so uh no, I, I definitely agree with you overall, Jeff, uh, with Tanner Houck. Uh, he wasn't really my biggest surprise. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep letting other people go until see if somebody else picks it up. Uh, Pete, uh, what was your uh, biggest surprise overall? Sorry, I wanted to make sure I'm off mute. Uh, my biggest surprise was uh, James Paxton. Um, reason I picked James Paxton is – uh, starting pitching is, I think, how you win championships. So for someone to kind of fall off and, you know, need to turn the clock back to 2019 to really see the last time that he had like a dominant season, then spring training, get a little setback and you're like, oh, here it goes. Here it goes. Paxton season. He's hurt in spring training. He hasn't been good for a couple of years here. I pretty much, I'll say for myself, was expecting almost nothing out of him. Uh, but yeah, he turned the clock back and has been your lowest ERA, one of your best starting pitchers. And in a situation where your your management is trying to decide whether to buy or sell, having him as a piece like that um, is amazing. Because you know, just thinking from a GM standpoint, if you don't think he's going to do this all year long, selling him while he's at a two point something seven ERA is is a it's a high value there. And, and again, I didn't expect him to get. If I was to give him a grade at the beginning of the season, I'd be like, oh, he's probably going to be like a D, C player, and he's an A player. So he's my biggest surprise. Yeah, Pete, uh, I'm going to sit there. That was my guy, too. 
coming off of surgery, not knowing anything of what you're going to get, not even knowing if, if we're even going to see him, you know, until after all-star break. Like we had no idea, no timetable was, you know, really, Hey, we're going to get him back by him. And now all of a sudden Paxton is, you know, thrown in there to where he and, you know, Bayo are carrying uh, the whole team, the whole Red Sox on their backs. Uh, just a little disappointed that, you know, he could have a better record if he just would have had, you know, one or two games with a little more run support uh, for the Red Sox. So I'm right with you with uh, with Paxton there, Pete. Uh, DC, we'll throw it out to you next. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and Pete. I think uh, Paxton's been probably the biggest surprise for me. Um, I kind of forgot he was on the team going into last offseason. And like you said, we're not even sure if we're going to see him before All-Star break. And, uh, you know, he's pitched well, uh, 272 ERA, something like that, 5-1. and one. His strikeouts are there, has the command. Um, just very, very pleasantly surprised with him. Yeah, big old big maple there. George, what about you? Yoshida. Um, okay. I, you know, there was, when they signed him, the, the general consensus was, oh, they overpaid, you know, does his game translate well, you know, from the Japanese league, you know, to playing in MLB. Yeah, it does more than that. Um, he's been, you know, he struggled in the beginning. He figured out what was wrong. He opened up his stance and, you know, he's, you know, he, he you know, he was, he's the reason why we won today. He hits a home run. He's already, you know, it's midseason. He's got 10, he's got 10 home runs. Um, you know, he's been a, been a very, very good hitter and a pleasant surprise. And you know what? His defense is not as bad as people were saying. So, you know, uh, for me, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. To, we got somebody, and for the price we're paying, uh, there's a lot of other players around the league that get his money that aren't putting up anywhere near what he's doing on the field. So, Exactly. So, Anna, what's up? About, let's go with you. Biggest surprise. So I went a different direction than everybody else did so far, at least. Um, I'm going Nick Pavetta. Um, I think, you know, as a starter, he was god-awful, um, put up terrible numbers, at least. Um, and since going to the bullpen, I mean, he's – a two seven nine ERA, uh, it's great. I think considering, um, you know, thirty nine strikeouts to twelve walks. Like I just, I think he's you know been good middle relief in the bullpen, and um, I think how terrible he was as a starter makes his just great performance as a reliever surprising. So that's who I went with. Ah, uh, I, I like the Pavetta. Uh, pick just because of, you know, he, he was a little salty at first uh, when he was announced going to the bullpen, but now he's took that opportunity and, you know, ran with it. And he's one of the more consistent guys we have, especially when we're doing uh, bullpen games now. So, uh, Christina. I'm going to agree with Liz. Mine was Duran just because to me, you know, he's come out and the way he's been playing and everything that he has been doing lately it's he's the biggest surprise to me like he to me deserves it and just um as well as he's been doing the way he's been hitting hustling stealing bases you know 
like getting doubles, a triple. Like to me, he's just the biggest surprise. So I'm going with Duran. Surprised or not surprised to see the pesky party girls stick together. <laughs> so gotta stick together. <laughs> but uh did I get everybody on this one? I think so. Okay. Uh now seeing how the first time I, I asked this and how it went. Now we're going to go split it up a little bit. We're going to go straight hitters. So we're going to hypothetically, Casas, Verdugo. Now you can only extend one hitter. Who's it going to be? So Pete, you, you missed the first round of this. So we're going to start with you. Those three hitters, you can only extend one. The other two have to walk. Sorry, Casas, and who are the other two? Casas, Duran, and Verdugo. Oh, man. Casas is out. Um, it's between Verdugo and Duran. Oh, man, I love Verdugo, but Duran is just so hot right now. Why'd oh, you have to do this go. to me? This, oh, this, ah, this stinks. See, this, this, this should have been the first time I asked. Oh, this stinks. Yeah, I'm going Verdugo. I just think Verdugo is so good. And Duran could be a flash in the pan. He could resort back. And, you know, you don't know if this is his forever. Verdugo has way bigger of a sample size, and it's a great sample size. Verdugo. Okay, Pete. Love the, love the pick. Liz. I got to go with Pete, too. I mean, as, as hard as it is. I just think that Duran, you know, he started off bad. He's good. He could possibly go back again. And I think Verdugo has been a little bit more consistent. And, yeah, Verdugo got to stay. I feel more confident with him. I I see Anna over there. She, she must be checking stats. She must be sitting there pulling <laughs> up everything. You know, she's pulling up the highlight reel from ESPN. Anna, who, who are you signing and who are you letting walk? <laughs> Well, I I looked really extensively at Duran, so I just wanted to make sure that I knew what I was looking at with Verdugo. But I can't help but um, agree, Verdugo. Just he has you know more longevity as far as you know he has proven statistics over time. Where you know Duran, that might be regretted if you know he he keeps this up. But I think today, if I'm making that decision, it has to be Verdugo. Okay, DC, he's been doing his homework. Uh, it's now on you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to go Verdugo. Um, the main reason is just his, you know, he's, he's been up in the major leagues for a couple years now. You know, he's given those stats. Um, not as consistent as I'd like, but this year, he's, like I said, he's changed my opinion. We also got to think uh, Verdugo's a free agent after 2025, I believe. Duran's not a free agent until 2029. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of supply and demand there, you know. He, Kind of go with the guy that's that's up for free agency uh, free agency first. So I'm gonna go Verdugo. Okay, Christina. Verdugo, same. I just agree everything that they all said. The same thing because uh, he's been in the major league longer, and I just like you said, Duran could be a flash in the pan, but that's hard. That's a hard one because Duran has got the speed. That's the only thing that that speed. It's nice to have that speed on those bases. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's nice to know when he gets a hit that normally would be a single for someone else is pretty much a double for him, you know. But if I had to pick between the two right now, Verdugo. But, I mean, I'm just – I'm a Verdugo girl anyway. So, yeah, Verdugo. <laughs> Jeff, you're up next. 
Yeah, I'm biting my lip on this one because it goes against what I'm going to say from an award later on. And if DC had mentioned that he's extended up to 29 or his contract is probably a restricted free agent uh, in the coming years for Duran, I, I was going to go with Duran because you cannot teach speed. That's uh, the youth, the age of Duran versus Verdugo. So he's going to have a lot more years in, in baseball. Well, maybe not a lot more years, a few more years. But uh, with Verdugo coming up as an unrestricted free agent, he, He's definitely a leader in that clubhouse, um, Verdugo. Okay. Last but not least, George. Let me unmute first. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm with Doogie. Um, you know, he's this is the year he blossomed. Um, he's become a very good corner outfielder as well. Uh, as far as Duran goes, you know, I want this to continue. Um, for me, with him, I want to see it for a longer period of time. Uh, if he does flame out, um, the, you know, the next speedster they have in com- coming up through the system is Rafaela. So, you know, maybe he's maybe he's the one. But for right now, uh, they they need to at least you know extend Doogie and you know let him patrol right field for a while. And uh, they, that's one thing they wouldn't ha- they won't have to worry about. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the Doogie train. I'm a little surprised that no no one even mentioned Casas at all, uh, especially uh, him coming off of a slow start, and he's kind of uh, picked up in you know in the past couple months. So, I was gonna say Casas actually, just because it's hard to find us, and I think a lot he gets a bad rap at first base for his defense. You know, look who's been throwing to him over this entire year. He's been trying to he's been trying to pick balls left and right this entire year, and he gets a I think he gets a huge bad rap for some of the errors that probably are faultly that were not on him, and it's just hard to find a really solid first baseman. The way he receives the ball, and I hate to say this, um, kind of looks like Rizzo mm-hmm. for the Yankees. Yankee, and I, I hate to say this also, I think Rizzo is by far the best first baseman in the American League. Uh, the way he just receives the ball over there. And Cassis is developing into that. Um, I think you'll have first baseman coming up through the um, the system. But, yeah, I, I could have I went with Cassis, but the numbers just don't speak for it. Yeah, uh, if you think, like, maybe two years from now, our, our projected infield could end up being, if all potential is shown, Cassis at first, Nick York, at second, Marcella Meyer at shortstop, Endeavors at third, you know, and with hopefully Connor Long still behind the plate. That's not that bad of, of a potential infield, you know, right there. I, I know we got Trevor Story locked up for a couple more years after that, but uh, but still, like, that's, that's not too bad. So, uh, I will also go Jaron Duran. I know it's a big shock. I know Taylor's going to probably kill me for not picking Verdugo. But just like they speed, like his speed to get on base, speed to get, you know, steals, uh, and his discipline in and out of slumps recently has really, really caught me really well. Uh, I, I, got, I would say extend Jaron Duran. Uh, not only that, I think Jaron Duran extension would probably cost the least out of the three. So it would also give us a little extra uh, wiggle room for other uh, positions that we're going to need. 
So, uh, next up, we are going to go. And it's gonna, it's gonna segue really well. Rookie of the year for the Red Sox. Uh, I think there's only two potentials. Am I right? Uh, for rookie of the year, besides some of the call-ups that they, you know, that they brought up and sent back down, Bayo's not uh, classified as a rookie, correct? No, you lost that last year. So, so we we've got Massa, we've got Casas, and we've got any person that you want to sit there and bring up for a spot start. So, uh. Let's start with George. Who you who are you going? Yoshida. I mean, I know we play ball in Japan, but you know this is first. This is his first season in the bigs, and uh, yeah, no no doubt in my mind, he's technically the rookie of the year. So yeah, his his numbers are like everybody's talking about Verdugo being snubbed for the All Star vote. Masa's numbers are better than his right. overall. Like. Dude, really? So, DC, we're going to head on over to you uh, uh, having the time of your life over there, it seems. Oh, man, I'm struggling right now. It's a little hectic. I apologize. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Yoshida. Uh, like George said, obviously, it's his first year in the big leagues. Um, I've seen more out of him than Costas, obviously. 313, 862 uh, OPS. Um, he scores runs. He just did his 10th home run this uh, today. So he's you know he could hit 20 home runs pretty uh, if he gets on a little power surge, but um, just, he just showed everything that that I need to see as far as what we had to offer as far as rookie of the year. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Yoshida, man. That's my boy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, can't go wrong with him. Let's go. Let's go to Pete. Uh, this this question's a layup. Uh, it's Yoshida. Um, rookie of the year. I think he has potential to be the rookie of the year um, outside of the Red Sox. So that's why I consider it a layup because I'm just talking the whole AL East at this point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he was my prediction for a rookie of the year at the beginning of the year. So I just have to stay consistent with uh, Yoshida. I love his discipline. As far as like a baseball player goes, he walks a lot. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. He can work on his defense. That's his the knock on him, if anything. But yeah, no, he's he's an excellent pickup and great value too. Like we were talking about, people considering him overpaid. He's underpaid. Oh, definitely. He he is for the amount of production he's putting up. He's definitely underpaid. So Anna, who do you got? I'm falling in line. Yoshida, um, 95 hits is pretty darn impressive for where we're at. I mean. Holy cow, look out. I, I agree. I think he may be the best rookie that there is in the AL. And I just, he's really impressive. I I think this is one of the, you know, Japanese players that actually has like worked out better than what was expected. I mean, there's been very few, I mean, obviously a few notables, but there's been far less success than there has been success. And I, you guys hit it out of the park with him. Yeah, uh, I every time the Red Sox want to talk about signing someone, I, I always go back to, please don't be like Dice Guy. That like please like that that was oh man this guy's got like five six pitches. It's you got five six pitches, but you can't throw any of them. You know the gyro. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but with with Masa, like when I knew or that he was going to be what we paid for and even better 
was when it was the WBC and he hit that home run and David Ortiz uh, did a, did like a little segment for the home run. And he sat flat out said where he hit that ball. He wasn't even supposed to be able to hit it there, let alone hit a home run with it. He goes, this kid's special. And I was just like, man, that, that if you got David Ortiz saying that, like it was, it was way inside. He wasn't even supposed to be, be able to make contact, and he just took it, the you know, took it deep. So, Jeff, who do you got? <laughs> who do you think? Uh, it's Massa. I, I don't think I've seen a pure hitter like this since Wade Boggs, and it shows you how long I've been watching the Red Sox for. Yeah, we've we've had hitters, good hitters on this team, Manny Ramirez, but a guy who. He's sitting there and is scanning the field at all times and looking for that open spot in the field to hit it. He, he's the class A guy of hit it where they ain't. Mm-hmm. And for those who follow me on Twitter, which I usually don't go on there much to say stuff, but I do bash Cora. And but this one area I will not bash Cora. He has handled Massa absolutely, I think, the finest way you could handle him because a guy coming over to a absolutely new you know unbelievably new society forget it it's boston mm-hmm. which is unique in itself and, and trying to adapt himself to our culture and the amount of games we're playing and uh, he he i think he's rested him appropriately and he's needed that rest and that's shown with him hitting the way he's hitting so it's masa yeah uh liz did you choose already no 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 i haven't and I have to okay. pick my brother. I have to pick uh, Joshida. No brainer. I mean, and if we can just get his first home run ball back to him, that would be great. I would really love that to go viral because he needs that back. But definitely Joshida deserves this. I mean, yeah, who else? Well, uh, Liz, you brought that up. DC, I think I think we may have to sit there and try to work this on. We got Devin Moraro, his, uh, his first home run ball back. Uh, Ooh. We might sit there and have to get uh, Yoshida on. Uh, we're going to need a translator, and uh, we're going to have to try to get this ball back. I don't know, man. That family looked a little, uh, a little stubborn with that ball. And I don't think I don't I don't uh, think they're listeners either. <laughs> well, hey, did we ever think that the people that had Devin Morero's home run ball were listeners either? And look what happened. So where was it? Hit? Was point. it hit in Fenway? No, it was, yeah, uh, wait, yeah, Green Monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they know that they're like the most hated family. I mean, I hope they do know that. Maybe they'll listen to us and be like, oh, man, we are. So we got to get this ball back. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, I, I don't think I could have predicted the power that this kid has. It, if you look at his swing, I mean, he's not the same size, but he, he's got almost a Ken Griffey swing. Does he not? It's just so pure when he hits a home run, I should say. Yeah, uh, I told DC. No, I DC was DC was uh, talking about. Were you drafting or, or were you trying to pick him uh, in a trade, Massa? In your fantasy baseball. Uh, so I'm in a keeper league. So um, if you if you don't keep up the the amount of players that you can keep up to, you can go to the supplemental. Oh boy, you go to the supplemental draft, and uh, I took him with my my sub pick to finish off my yeah. keepers. Yeah, I, I sit there and told DC. I said with his swing. He's just he's just gonna put holes in, in the green monster, and you know that swing is is really nice. 
So last but not least, I knew where, where we were going with this. Christina, you are his biggest supporter. If you do not pick him, <laughs> of course, Yoshida is my rookie of the year. But I picked him. It's funny because Pete pretty much said everything I said verbatim at the beginning of the season two opening day. I said he was my AL rookie of the year. What I loved about him was his discipline. I just love his discipline. And he has like different swings. Like they talked about it the other day. Like he has three swings. Like you said, he's always looking in the field and he changes his swing to hit where he needs to hit. And he, he'll take a walk. And if you notice when he walks, he still runs down that line because he's so like a jack, just Yoshida all the way. You know that he's my favorite. He is my absolute favorite. I picked him at the beginning of the season as my AL rookie of the year. I still think he's my rookie of the year. And I just, I love to watch him play. I love his discipline. I love everything he does. So yeah, Yoshida all yeah, the way. Definitely. I, I, I knew that was your, that's why I <laughs> saved you for last, Christina. <laughs> yeah, it's my boy. So <laughs> next up, we're, we're going to go out there. Most improved. Bam. Most most improved award. So George, we're going to start with you. Uh, to me, it, it's it's Duran. I mean, it's day and night. There's just no question about it. So, I you know you see what he's doing today. Um, you could only dream that last year. You knew the potential was there. He's living up to the potential. So, Jaron Duran, easy. Okay. Anna, who you got? Uh, Duran also, um, for all the reasons that I had him for out of nowhere, just batting average improvement in itself um, is a reason that he should be up there among all the other things. So uh, no brainer on this one for me. Okay. Uh, let's go Christina. Christina, you're muted. I'm trying to do it. Oops. There we go. Okay. I don't know where y'all went though. You're not on my screen, but <laughs> it's Duran also. It's going to be Duran. That's who um, I'm going with. Um, Yeah. I mean, he is to me the most improved after last year and you know how bad. And then especially like you said, when he didn't go to spring training and we missed those games to go to the WBC or to not even play, I was like, <sighs> And then to still come back and do what he's been doing and proving that he belongs. So, yeah, he does not want to go back down. Once he started playing with that, I was like, oh, this boy is, does not want to go back down. So, yeah, uh, Duran to me is most improved. Oh, man. Uh, DC and I would love for him to go back down just for one series. <laughs> just so you could go see him and interview just, him. <laughs> just, just, so, just so we can sit there and uh, and see him. We're circling the, the, uh, the Rail Rider series down here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we're hoping yeah. to see possibly Trevor Story, hopefully maybe Sale. That would be really great. That'd be uh, awesome. But uh, no, uh, let's go to Pete. I'm going to fall in line. Jaron Duran, um, you know, most improved. You look at his past two years, I think he was batting like 220. And it's pretty much a similar sample size to how, to how many at-bats he has this year. I was just looking it up while we were all talking. In 2021, he had 100 at-bats. And then 204 in 2022 now he's got 231 in 2023 so you're looking at pretty similar sample sizes and he's batting 100 points higher he's got 10 more stolen bases than he did that i mean he's just on pace to blow his numbers right out of the water he's my most clear improved player jeff what about you up there 
to quote Tim Wakefield and Will Middlebrooks, this kid needs to play every day. It's Jaron Duran. You know, he did not have the confidence. Obviously, the clubhouse was not nearly the same as it was last year. You know, there were guys holding the back that we will never know. Maybe we should never know what happened in that clubhouse. But it, the atmosphere was not good. The atmosphere is a lot better this year, and there's MVPs and most improved players in that clubhouse that we'll talk about here in a second. That this is the reason Jaron Duran is is where he needs to be. And there aren't many guys that, you know, Ellie De La Cruz is one of those guys. You The price of admission, Jaron Duran is one of those guys. You want to go see, you pay for your ticket. You want to go see Jaron Duran play, run the bases. It's just exciting to watch, you know, no more than Devers is or Yasa or Masa. Okay. Uh, DC's got his hands full. So how about we go over to Liz? You know, great minds think alike, so we're all grading here. And Jaron Duran, I mean, just, you know, we were tied three to three. They bring him in today, and we just, we swept them. And I think he just brings a lot to the table. And, again, we always have to go back on how he started last year and how just he has evolved. And I just hope he hears this podcast, too, so he knows that he has won almost every every award that we have mentioned. It's just his name. I mean, he has just been surprisingly just best to watch. When I see him, I'm like, we're going to win this freaking game. We're going to just knock it out of the park. So he deserves that. DC? I don't know how you guys are going to say Corey Kluger. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go Duran. <laughs> DC. <Calibor. laughs> Horrible, DC. That was... Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did I miss anybody? Yeah, I don't got too much. Obviously, everybody, you know, said enough. Yeah. Uh, one quick note, though, like on the Duran thing, it's just also because, like you said, it's not even when he doesn't start, like today, whatever, but he causes chaos on the basis with the speed. And like Jeff said earlier, you can't teach speed. You either you either have it or you don't. And Duran, he he's great in the lineup because he's been hitting for doubles and he's been, you know, coming through and he's def- his defense has gotten better. But also just when he gets on base, he causes chaos. He may, you know, like, and, and that's fun to watch. Like you said, that is so fun to watch. You, you want to see that. It's every time he gets on base and he gets on first, I'm like, okay, steal. When are you going to steal? When are you going to steal? <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm I haven't just, looked yeah. at a guy like this since I've yeah. tricky. I'm waiting for him to steal home now that, uh, um, What's his name? Did it with the Reds. I'm yeah, like, okay, Cruz, Durant. Yeah. yeah, Ellie Cruz did it with the Reds. Yes. So I'm like, okay, Durant, you're next. Let's go. We got to get like this. This is definitely generational for me. I need it, you to do it, was, this. it was Ricky Henderson. I love watching Ricky Henderson on because as soon as he got to first base, you knew he was at second. Yeah. As soon as he got to second, he was at third. He yeah. was he was a triple, even if you walked him. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about Jaron Duran. Exactly. Yeah, he's a danger. To, yeah, he's a danger to go for the cycle on any night. Oh, I know. When he got that triple yeah, the other treat. night yeah. Oh, yeah, and I'm he like, only missed yeah. it, I was like, that's the hardest one to get is the triple. So I said, oh, God. And then, you know, I was like, we can, yeah, he but- can actually, but he, I think it's coming. He's going to end up hitting for that cycle. And like you said, he causes a lot of chaos on the bases. And I'm waiting to see him still home because I know it's it's going to happen sooner or later. Just has to. <laughs> I heard at the beginning of the year, him and Trevor's story had like a friendly competition to see how many singles they could turn into doubles that you know or typical singles you know ball hitting like the gap left field is moseying on over to pick it up 
and oh, just, yeah. he's running full speed to second base. So I'm interested. Story's supposed to be coming back soon. So that competition's going to be on pretty soon. I want to see mm. who's turning singles into doubles because that's his Is game. Verdugo in that bet? Because I feel like Verdugo's he could. done that once or twice too. I don't know if he threw money down on it. I didn't get the details. As long as Rafi doesn't try to make a single into a double anymore. We're yeah, Rafi. Rafi. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, do that. Stay at first, please. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Verdugo, that's who I picked for the most improved award. Because not uh, for me, it was it was a mixture of things. Uh, Cora called him out. And he stepped up and took responsibility. And, you know, he's hustling. He's playing better defense than he's ever played before. Uh, he went from a, pe- uh, a person people thought was a joke, you know, and, and hated in the Mookie Betts trade to a leader in that locker room. Sometimes uh, the, the stuff in the locker room is just as important or if not more important than on the field, you know, for him stepping up and improving he helped bring jt in you know him and uh, kike uh so i can sit there and i will say verdugo is my most improved uh player jaron duran yes but the stuff that he does that verdugo does in the in the clubhouse you know along with on the field is is why i picked him so most improved award is done. Now it should be a 50-50 split if I'm not gonna be mistaken almost. For the Sox's Cy Young Award. So there could be one dark horse. I think Anna might be the one to pick it. So let's start with her. Who does she think the Sox's Cy Young Award is gonna end up being? So I went completely unconventional, but not unheard of. Um, I researched this to make sure that it wouldn't be completely out of, you know, whatever. But the last time that a non-starter won the Cy Young was in 2003. Um, So I'm going with a non-starter and I'm going with Kenley Jansen. Um, I think, you know, 18 of 21 saves. Now this is excluding today. 35 strikeouts versus 12 walks, 31 games, 29.2 innings. He's only given up two home runs. Like pitching has kind of been challenging um, as a team from my, you know, from an outsider perspective, I'm sure from an insider's perspective as well. But to me, he screams um, Cy Young. I think he's, you know, been the most dependable and solid by far. So um, that's my pick. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that, uh, was that Gagne that won uh, in 2003? Yeah, it was Gagne. And he yeah. was insane out of his mind. I mean, and it, Jansen's not there at this point, but we're halfway through and looking at things that to me, he, he takes it. Yeah. And, uh, with that smirk that, that I seen you have, I was like, yeah, she, she, she's picking that dark horse. So, uh, let's go, let's go over to Liz. Who do you have? as your Sox Cy Young Award winner for the first half? I have to go with Bello. Um, I mean, Henley, you know, I'm not going to lie when I tell you guys that he makes me a little nervous when he is our closing pitcher. Um, It's always a 50-50 chance that he is going to play good or he is just going to butcher it, just like he did a couple games ago. 
And to me, I just don't feel so confident about him when I see him. I'm like, Lord, we can either win or he can just walk too many people. So I do have to go with Bayo on this one. I think that he is just going to get better. I can't wait till he just does, you know, play the whole game. I mean, just go all full nine innings. I think he can do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely have to go with Bayo. Okay. Uh, th- that was one half of who I th- thought we were going to get a 50-50 split from. George, who do you got? I'm with Anna. This this team, right, this, this team is successful or not – because they have to have a professional closer at the end. And it, quite frankly, we haven't had it. And we've talked about it a couple of times. We have, we have roles in the bullpen. We have a, a quality setup man and we have a quality closer. And for this team to be successful, and he's demonstrated it, except for those two games against the Cardinals, which they gamed him with the time, you know, with the, the pitch clock. Yeah, he's been everything and more. And, you know, has he been perfect? No. But, yeah, he's he's the reason he's part of the reason where we are where we are. Yeah, I'd like to vote for Bayo too, um, but right now, can't, you know, we you know he saved games, and you know what, last couple of years we really haven't had anybody like that. So for me, it's Kenley. Okay, George, uh, let's go over to Pete. I think Kenley Jansen's a great pitcher uh, and something that the Red Sox have missed greatly in the past couple of years is back end bullpen help. But um, does anyone know why closers don't win the Cy Young? Uh, they just don't play as much as starting pitching does. Uh, they, Kenley Jansen has 30 innings and Bayo has 80. He's done twice as much work on the mound than, than Kenley Jansen has. So, uh, you just got to value innings at some point, um, even though those are important innings at the end of the game, but you can lose it in the first inning. Like you can lose it in the ninth inning. So, um, I'm going with Bayo. I just think he's a, uh, a potential future Cy Young AL winner in the you know in his career. He definitely has that potential in him. If you're talking potential and just what you're seeing this year, you're seeing great stuff every time that you show up to Fenway and Bayo's pitching. It's going to be a fun day at the ballpark, and you don't really see more than two runs ever let up by him. Knock on wood. So uh, yeah, he's my Cy Young throughout the first half. And I know you're you're thinking Paxton. I know. But he's the, he, he is as it could be a flash in the pan, just like Bayo. But I, I think I think uh, that I got to tip Bayo over Paxton when it comes to this, unless you're looking at the ERA. But other than that, the eye test, I'm going Bayo. Christina? Same. And that's who I was torn. I was torn between Bayo and Paxton. And then last night I was thinking about this. And the only reason I gave it to Bayo is eye test, like he said, but also his age. Because when everybody's hurt, like, you know, Cell and everything, and even Paxton was gone, you know, for paternity leave, which congratulations and his new bundle of joy. But Bayo has taken a lot on his shoulders being young. And I'm not going to lie, in the beginning, when I first saw Bayo pitch, I liked him. But sometimes his expressions, like his attitude, I was kind of like, dude, you need to listen to what your coaches, you like, you need to, like, I felt like he would get upset, too upset with himself and then, like, over try to overcompensate and to me he's grown just from the beginning of the season to now and he's taken on a lot and he's put a lot on his shoulders and to me I mean he's gone seven innings seven innings and so you know like he's been out there and we've had how many times have we not our starting pitcher has not gone seven innings and it's like oh my god can we just have a starting pitcher that can go seven innings and then Bayo started doing it and so that's what pulled me from him and Paxton. Paxton has been great for 
us, but I was like age-wise, maturity level for him to come in so young and take all this on his shoulders and do what's expected of him. And like you said, I feel comfortable with him. Even when he has a bad outing and like the other day, he only had three strikeouts, but he still didn't give up that many runs. He still, you know, did what he needed to do to keep us in that game. And as long as he's keeping us in the game and giving our offense a, a shot, I think you got to go bail. You just have to go bail. DC, who, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Bayo. Um, you know, pretty stoked how he's done all year. His last six starts, he's reached at least six inning pitch in each game. Um, 29 to eight walk ratio. Uh, pretty good. You know, I think we're just getting a start of what he can, uh, what his potential is. But yeah, I think you have to go Bayo, man. Um, really like what Pax is doing, but Bayo has been complete the whole year. And last but not least, we got Jeff. There have only been three players since I've been watching the Red Sox that I could say when I watch turn on the Red Sox that I have a hundred percent, almost hundred percent chance they're going to win. One was Roger Clemens, you know, before all the stuff. Pedro Martinez, now Brian Bayo. And the reason is for a young, such a young age, this kid is not afraid to pitch to contact. You see a lot of pitches that have come up, even the great pitches that 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 we had. Um, in the early 2000s, they they would you know around the edges and whatnot, nip and here and there. He doesn't care. He pitches the contact because he knows he is so confident in his stuff that more than not, it's going to be a ground ball, and that's why you get in trouble. All these ground balls were hitting holes at the beginning of the season. So I think his ERA would be sub two if he had a little bit of a what we call a hockey puck luck. He just didn't have it at the beginning of the season. Um, but Brian Bayo, his, his future is beyond i i don't think anybody can recognize where he's going to go but i look forward to seeing it in the next coming years yeah uh i, I like pete sit there and said uh, i was really torn between paxton and bayo uh i think without a shadow of a doubt paxton if he continues this way here he's, he's going to get comeback player of the year uh hands down because what he's doing uh no one ever expected uh, he has four less games than him. He's got, uh, you know, he's got a little bit less strikeouts. Uh, his whip's lower. But Bayo is the guy that's going to lead the future of this of this organization. He's the first guy out coming out of All-Star break, you know. So I'm picking Bayo also in my uh, Sox Cy Young Award for that, uh, for that reason because they're – it doesn't look like they're going to sit there and try to downplay like they did at the beginning with their season opener. Okay. Sale should have been it, but we're going to give it to Kluver. That'd be like sitting there and be like, okay, uh, Bayo should come out of all-star break, but we're going to give it to Cutter Crawford. You know, I think they, they, they know the urgency that this Red Sox team has. They know uh, that we need to win games and we got to put our best people in that, in those positions to keep going. So I'm also on the Bayo uh, train as you guys are for the Sox Cy Young. Let Pete, me go add ahead. something to that. Yeah, no, Jeff was talking about is not afraid to put it in contact, uh, put the ball in play. Uh, batted ball events, just to give you in some advanced stats here. He has the most on the team. He has 241 batted ball events, which is like 50 above second place. And the launch angle that the ball comes off at is the lowest on the team. 
by a significant percentage. So he's hitting a ton of balls in play, and they're all grounders. And like Jeff said, if, if they go into the glove, he's a sub-2 RA. If they go up the middle, then that's where you let up the hit. So I love what he's doing on the mound. Yeah. Uh, so that just uh, backs up what Jeff was saying there uh, about his you know, rate. So uh, let's go to Pete a little bit here. You sit there and said about, you know, you mentioned Whitlock earlier, you mentioned Tanner Houck. Let's uh, let's play one last game of Devil's Advocate. And I know everybody Bravo. wants to I know everybody wants Bravo. to play pick Bayo. But let's sit there and see how committed you are to the to the arms. You can only keep one and extend them. The other ones have to leave. We're going to go, let's see, we're going to go Whitlock. We're going to go Halk. And ooh, let's sit there and see who who do we have coming up. Because I don't want to pick Bayo. Uh, Pete, can you give me a third pitcher? Third pitcher. Um, let's go Bobby. Jansen. Uh, okay. Okay extend or never come back uh or we have to let him go forever okay whitlock halk jansen okay so we're you gonna go start with me off. first no 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 okay all right yeah you put me on the spot there i was like i need a minute to settle in here so we're gonna we're, we're gonna go with uh i see anna over there she's she's get, getting the, the stats pulled up Christina and Liz are looking very confident. Okay, maybe not Liz. Uh, let's let's go with George. George is we're gonna put George right on the spot first. Thanks, bud. Um, and, and George, have I mentioned how sharp you look in that pesky podcast? Oh, no, show? but I'll I'll stand up so everybody can see. There you go. There you go. That shirt. Very nice. Sharp. Very nice. There it is. Um. Wow. Uh, I'm going to pick Hulk. Um, and it was a tough one. I love Whitlock, but right now Whitlock has a cloud of, he's the cloud of injury seems to be following him, um, with nagging stupid stuff. Okay. You know, uh, you know, shoulder inflammation, this, that, and the third thing, uh, how, on the injured list is because of not you know get, taking one up the middle. Uh, he's got good stuff. He is de- he's made the transition from reliever to starter. Um, he's got nasty stuff, and yeah, um, yeah, I do Hulk first. Okay, Jeff, what about yeah. you? Yeah, I do Hulk also first. Um, and for the same reasons George mentioned, there's some inconsistency there. The injury's there too, but uh, I don't think Kenley's been as inconsistent as he has been in years past, but there has been. The more you use him, the more inconsistent I think he's going to be with the walks and everything like that. Um, but until Tana got hurt, you, know, you didn't really see the inconsistency. Maybe at the beginning of the year, I don't think any of the rotation was pitching that great, but his Confidence in the stuff. You know, he has the stuff that everybody says that you, you can't put in the stack ass. Um, well, maybe you can, I guess. But 
I don't, I'm just weary on Whitlock. I don't know if he's a starter or he's a closer. I don't, I would prefer to see him in the bullpen just because I don't know if that body could take more injuries at this point. I'm afraid with that elbow and the show. I don't, I, I just too afraid. And with Kenley, he's up in the age. Um, so it's, it's easy to move on from Kenley, even though there's no closer in the, um, in the shadows to take over for him. Okay, Jeff, let, let me let me throw a question out there. Uh, say a year, year and a half from now, uh, you know, Martin's done, you know, where Kenley's at the t- tail end of his deal. Would you consider a or be opposed to a uh, Whitlock sale eight nine combination? Actually, I would love to see. I always thought Whitlock looked great as a closer. I felt like I was always the minority when it came to that, just because a lot of people in uh, the fan base wanted to see him as a pitcher. I think the organization wanted to see him as a pitcher, and to extend Sale's career, I know I had never thought about that until you mentioned it. Uh, I think Sale, with his ego, would want to be the closer, so Whitlock would more likely be your eighth inning guy. Uh, but to extend a guy like Sale's career, I, that's an awesome fantastic idea i'm not sure if he'd ever go for it but it would definitely extend his career yeah because consider you know you have pretty much the same pitcher just one on the right hand one right-handed one left-handed that would be an awesome uh left uh yeah that would be nasty that would be exact absolutely nasty so uh p what are your thoughts on on that uh you can answer the question first, and then tell us what your thoughts would be about a Sale Whitlock a one-two combination. Um, yeah, I mean, the person that I would extend, I at first I was like, man, uh, Hawks the guy, but he just got blasted in the face, and like I don't know what that does to. Him. I was a I pitched and up to the high school level, and that's kind of scary that ball coming back at you that fast. And I mean, you can all remember Matt Clement, right? Like he got that mm-hmm. off the face and just never was the same person ever again. Just that was the moment that defined his career, uh, you know, on the downward slope. So I don't know if like you're playing the extend game and you're asking me today, like that's a little risky with him for that reason. So I moved towards, uh, you know, I moved towards Whitlock or Jansen. Jansen's 30, 35, I think, or maybe even older than that. I think 38, maybe 35, 35. Um, so, yeah, he's at the tail end of his career, but we just mentioned how important he is. And some people just picked him as the Cy Young. Um, I think I might extend him for one more year uh, and hope that the other two guys find their way back or you find people just like them. Um, but you just keep your closer and you move through another year. I think you got to be in more of a win now scenario. But when you ask me the question about the setup, yeah, Chris Sale is would be dominant and he probably wouldn't get injured as often if you played in if you just pitched one or two innings and you were able to manage his workload. Uh, he is very fragile. He could gets hit with a pitch and his, his whole arm breaks. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see him in the bullpen. I always thought about that at the end of Pedro's career. Like, man, he'd be dominant in like a closer setup role. Like, you know, he doesn't have to go the full hundred pitches. He can relax, pitch half as much. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that would be great to see some of those starters that aren't working out. Just see if you can just fire off, a, you know, two or three more miles an hour and gas it up in the eighth and ninth innings. Why not? Christina, uh, you're, you're, are you done praying now? Because uh, it's it's your choice. Okay, so if you would have told me Whitlock and how can stop there, I would have said extend how get rid of Whitlock. Simple. Then you throw in a closer. Well, you, it's not a fair question because it's you've got two and you've got a closer, and we need a closer. We 
finally have a closer. <laughs> you don't understand how good it feels to have a closer on this team. It's like, oh, you know, um, so right now, you have to keep Johnson. If it's like, if you're telling me to do this right now, since today, I, I, you can't, I can't get rid of my closer. I just can't. I need my closer because he has saved a lot of games. A lot of one-run games, a lot of just two, like very close games, and I can't imagine going back to the days where we didn't have a closer, and I'm yelling at the TV. This is why we need a effing closer. <laughs> so I'm not going back to those days. I do not want to be there. So if I had to choose between those three now, I'm keeping Jensen. I'm I've I've got to keep my closer. I need my closer, um, and hope that you know the rest of my guys can get it to him and and he can do his job, but. Like I said, if you would have just told me Whitlock and Hauk, I'd say Whitlock's got to go. I'm keeping Hauk. But you threw Jensen you're, in there. You're going to need to swing. You know, I'm, hey. I'm keeping my closer. I, I just, I don't like the feeling of being without one. Last season sucked. It's been so long since we've had a true closer, and I do not want to go back there. I just, nope. Kurt, I'm keeping Christina, my closer. You know, you sit there and said it, it wasn't fair. You're a Red it's Sox fan. You, you said you're a Red Sox fan for how long? The Red Forever, Sox. I, don't I know play things fair. aren't fair. I know they don't play fair, Nothing but you finally give fair. me a, you finally give me a closer this year, and then you one of your first questions is, oh, if we had to get rid of one, seriously? You know how long I've been <laughs> No, it's not fair. Sorry. I'll, I'll take some responsibility. I did pick Jansen, but that's why I, I picked him. I want to make the hard I want to make a hard yeah. You made it hard, Pete. And I'm like, that okay, Whitlock Cow. If you would have said Whitlock Cow and you know, even Winkowski, I would have been, okay, me. You throw Jansen and I'm like, really? I'm not giving up my closer after I finally got a closer. Like, if right starting, if it was right now, and you told me one of them had to, two of them had to go and one had to stay, Whitlock and help buy. I'm not leaving. I'm not losing my closer. <laughs> I finally got one and he's staying. <laughs> Man, it, it, it's kind of funny. I think this question here might be the hardest, might be harder than any other fair or foul segment question we have ever done ever so anna i see the computers down i see that the <laughs> stats are put away uh do you have a final uh a final answer i do it has to be jansen i can't nothing else tells me that either one of those can compare if you're talking long term that changes it and then it's sort of a toss-up but a year or two and you know you got to keep your closer i my team went tried to go without a closer tried to do a closer by committee it doesn't work it doesn't work for you it hasn't worked for us you got to keep them so um yeah what started off to be a hard what seemed like it could have been a hard decision i that's it that that's who it is so Let's go to DC now. DC left. Yeah, the thing about that is... an emergency. DC yeah, had to off. leave with the baby. Ah, <laughs> he's, oh, man. He's on daddy see, duty. I'm... Ooh, that's he oh. got the shirt. Let's, um, Liz. All right. Well, Pete, yeah, you really throw that in there when you threw Jansen in the whole mix. And as much as I didn't pick him between him and Bello, I had to actually go with him. Just because Tanner, yes, I just feel that he might go through some PTSD kind of deal with having that ball thrown at him. And we don't know how he's going to be right after that. I mean, I'm hoping he's better, but it can be either way. 
Whitlock, he's just a bullpen guy. I just, yeah, there was no way I was going to pick him. And so now he just comes to Jensen. And I think we just got to keep him as much as, you know, like I said, I didn't pick him. But Christina says, you know, you guys said something good. Um, We have not had a closer in a long time. And as much as sometimes I feel like a little scary when he's in the mound because he does do a lot of walks and, you know, a couple games. But I do have to be thankful for that. And I just think finding another closer, oh, my God. It's been hard all this time to just imagine trying to find another one. So um, I got to go with Jansen. Okay. So me personally, it was a tough one. But seeing how bullpen games are not are are not going as well for us this year, I had to keep Whitlock over this. Hauk, I still say, is a bullpen arm. Jensen, I he's a closer. We need him. But do you see what our starting pitching is without uh, all, the, all of our arms? Like, we're on Cutter Crawford. We're on Bayo. We're on Paxton. Even with Sale back. So, our rotation would be Bayo, Sale, Paxton, uh Whitlock and Hauk. Well, you're going to take one of those away. Do we have somebody to replace them? You know, I had the solution of putting sales to closer if need be. Less innings, less wear and tear on his arm. Uh, that's why I'm kind of taking, you know, I got to have Whitlock. I like Whitlock. Uh, I think, you know, he's the guy we have to keep overall. So, Pete, that was a great throw in there with Jansen. Uh, you, you almost had uh, the pesky party girls trying to uh, beat us up, but uh, over the whole thing. She wants to beat you up for your answer. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, to be honest. Last but not least, DC left, so I will announce who DC said for his. We're gonna go MVP for the first half. So. For the for his MVP, he sat there for his numbers, for his consistency. He took throw some dirt on it, Justin Turner, for his for his MVP. So, uh, I respect it. I like it. So let's go. Let's go around the horn. Uh, George, who did you take for your uh, MVP? I took Rafi. He's got. Right now, he's sitting at 251, 20 home runs, 70, 70 RBIs, and 813 OPS. If his batting average was 30, 40 points higher, it'd be a no-brainer. But I think people forget that he's been the one consistent piece of offense when they've needed it, okay? Um, he got paid this year, and except for his batting average, he's still putting up great numbers. Okay. And he's actually lifted his average, what, 15, 20 points in the last, what, three weeks or so? So, yeah, to me, he's the MVP. He's, you know, he's worth the price of admission every time you come in because, you know, he's not afraid to go the other way. He's not afraid to you know, drive the ball. And as I think whoever it was that said earlier, as long as he doesn't try to stretch a single into a double, all is good. So. Okay. Jeff? So, Rit. 
a few months ago we had a show during opening day, right? And I said, oh, there, there, there's, a, there's a leader on this team, and it's Verdugo. I think there's a lot of MVPs. I would easily go with um, uh, Rafi, but I think, you know, we're paying him to put those numbers up. I, I don't think we're paying not essentially Verdugo to put the numbers up, at least maybe not yet. And an MVP is just a little bit more than what you're putting up on the field. It's a leader in the clubhouse. And there's a lot of people in this fan base that it, they're, a little, they're a little salty with Verdugo because of the Mookie Betts trade. I'm like, I don't hate him because of that. I mean, the guy is showing up. He, um, he's a dirt, what do you call it? There's a Trot Nixon. What was a Trot Nixon's? Um, dirt, dirt dog. He's a dirt dog, man. You know, he's not afraid to get dirty. I'm not a big fan of what Cora did to him and throw him under the bus like that because you could have done that to about – 23 other guys, 24 other guys on this lineup this year. And for Dugo, I think, wears his emotions on his sleeve sometimes, which might get him into trouble. But you can't say the kid does not leave his heart on the field. And that's what an MVP is to me. You know, you know I, I started in the military. Maybe I take it a little bit too far. But the kid puts his heart on the field. He, he, he puts his heart out for his, his, uh, his teammates, and that's all I can ask. So, yeah, Verdugo's been there. He's not been inconsistent. He's had some ups and downs, a little bit picking. But who hasn't on this team? Mm-hmm. And he, he's been there when they've been down. He's still been hit. So, Yeah, and, and when his bat was down, Verdugo's glove has still been there. You know, he's robbed a couple home runs. Uh, and, and being over by, no, no pun intended, the pesky pole, like, that's that's not you know easy to be over there. Like the Red Sox outfield altogether isn't easy to play anywhere. No, right field at Fenway Park is to be one of the toughest places to uh, be a defender in all of baseball. And Verdugo, I mean, he's had some weird plays or weird mm-hmm. routes to the ball, but you know he's had some tremendous catches though. Yeah. So uh, let's go. Let's go over to Liz. Who was your MVP? I'm going to piggyback on Jeff, too. Um, At first, you know, everybody thinks Devers to begin with. But if you really look at it, we have paid him so much money to extend his contract. And he really has not delivered. Um, I'm not going to say that he's a disappointment. But I expect a little bit more from him. And the way that he still has, has not learned how to control his swings. And he will just swing at anything. You don't know how many times I scream at. I mean, just walk sometimes. It's okay to walk. He doesn't. He just swings at anything and everything. He's been, um, you know, just having. I mean, I, I, maybe he is having a, uh, like a tough time right now, but he really needs to get it together because everybody will look up to him. Um, Verdugo, I think he's just an underrated player that, like Jeff said, he plays with everything he has and he leaves his heart right there in the field. And with Cora just threw him under the bus, to me, again, he could have just thrown Kike under the bus for all we know because he's the one that needed to have that. Um, but I think Verdugo did really well coming back and showing and just to walk off. And I mean, please be effing fair. I mean, that was just a great moment for him. So he definitely deserves to be our MVP. Okay. All great points. Christina, the floor is yours. <laughs> um, I actually had Justin Turner. Um, I was torn between some of them, like you said, and everything that you all said about Verdugo is why he was my unsung hero, because I think he doesn't get where he, you know, his credit where it's due. But MVP, 
Justin Turner to me has just been uh, consistent. He's just done what we need to do. Um, when he comes up with two outs, you know, there's some players, they come up with two outs, and I'm like, oh, please, please, please just get a hit, extend this inning. But I, when Justin Turner comes up, I always feel like he's going to make something happen, and he does for the majority of the time. But it's just, I just like the way he plays, but I also like the way he is with the guys. That was the difference between him and Devers, because I was torn between the two, because, yes, Devers has had some slumps, but like you said, he's doing what he's supposed to. I mean, he's he's doing good. Like everything George said, I agree with. Uh, the only thing is Turner to me is the clubhouse guy. He is the guy that rallies those guys. It gets those guys going. He's not just an MVP on the field. In my opinion, he's an MVP off the field too, with everything that he does with the Red Sox organization, with the guys, with the charities, just everything he does. So I just, I just think Justin Turner is the MVP right now. I think he has kept us in so many games this so far this season. A lot of the games that we have won have been because of things that he has done with his bat or getting getting it started. To me, hitting is contagious, and he comes out and starts getting some hits, and it just falls into place with the other guys. So if I have to pick an MVP halfway through the season, right now I'm picking Justin Chuck Norris Turner. That's what I'm picking, Justin Chuck Norris Turner. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. Throw some yep. dirt on it. There you go. Yep, yep. A Anna. Um, I picked Devers. I just think if you look at what he's done offensively, uh, yeah, he got paid and what that's what he needs to do. But I don't know where you are without those 70 RBIs and, you know, 20 home runs that he's hit. I just think he's played in 87 games. Like, I'd actually – that was before today, but – I had to look up and see if he played in every single game. Like I had to count how many, and it's been almost every game. But I just think without him, um, things are a lot worse off. So I, you know, I echo a lot of the things that George said and other points that people brought up. But I, you know, I, I, I think you take those things away, and things are a lot different. So he's my pick. Okay, and last but not least, before we get to myself. Mr. P. Collins. I mean, what's all this Verdugo hate? Like, who are these people that didn't like Verdugo? Like, who are they? Point them out to me. Let me add them. Because, I mean, Verdugo is the man. How do you not love Verdugo? There's one that will not I'm be named that was there on opening day, but he shall not be named, and we will not name him. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to name him because I'm We don't need to name him. Yeah, no, but Verdugo is the man. Verdugo is the MVP. and a big Verdugo hater. <laughs> No, because when Mookie Betts got traded, Mookie Betts wasn't going to sign with the Red Sox, so you get a return on him, and he's a great return. I mean, Connor Wong, maybe he's something too. Uh, you know, Jeter Downs gone. All right, so but I think you're, if you're gone, you're basically what they traded Mookie Betts for was to the 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 Dodgers are basically giving us players so they didn't have to bid in free agency. The guy is gone. Like you got to get something, and Verdugo is now my pick for MVP. I think that was a very good return considering the fact that he's a free agent and whatever six months or, or so mm -hmm. highest war on the team great glove in the outfield swag is on point team leader uh got speed he's not slow his swing is so silky smooth they're running promos alex verdugo grill night coming up if you go to fenway i think alex verdugo is just the absolute man and needs to be the mvp uh yeah twice on sunday alex verdugo oh man <clears throat> Well, well, Christina, the person that will not be named put a tweet out yeah. that said Verdugo is the best hitter on the team. 
yeah. Are so, you serious? Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. I said that to DC. We both got a chuckle. Uh, That's hilarious with the way he that person was dogging him yeah. on opening day. <laughs> so, I, rem- I remember clearly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He was beating down on him something awful. Yeah. I don't but, like uh, to get into heated conversations, but it was just extremely, well, it's extremely uncomfortable. And Verdugo doesn't deserve that. No, it, it, nobody told, nobody asked him to be traded to the Red Sox for by far the and most. It was opening he loved, he loved player in recent Red Sox history. And he still Mookie had Betts. a lot of games, you know, and, a lot I'm of games. I just wondered if play. anybody in Red Sox Nation heard what Mookie Betts had said about free agency is that he was going to test it. He was not coming back to Boston. He did not want to. So no. goodbye. So goodbye. If you don't want uh, to stay, that's fine. He should be getting like the Benintendi treatment or not Johnny Damon treatment at this point, if you ask me, even though I love Mookie Betts. But still, he's he's not an angel in this. He's not an angel in this. You got to pay him. You got to extend people. I'm just so glad they, you know, they did the same thing with Bogarts. They finally came around and signed Devers, but they did the same thing with Lester. They lowball him and they lose him. And I think if you just had made a proper offer at the proper time, you would have Mookie Betts on this team right now. So, guys, I said it once or twice during this live uh, award ceremony. And my pick, once again, you put the Verdugo puts the V and MVP. It was really close with Devers because I look at I look at at MVP as somebody you take off the team and there goes in the shambles. I was, it was a 51, 49% Verdugo because I really wanted to choose Devers because if we would go and lose Devers right now, who do we got to play third base at his caliber? You know, who do we, who do we got? Turner. Nobody, nobody. If we lose Verdugo, we still got Duran. You can move him over. You know, Kike can move the center field. Uh, you know, we got Raphael that could come up uh, in September. So, but, man, the highlight reel that Verdugo puts up, King Clutch at the end of games, that is why I put Verdugo. And you can't spell MVP without the V, and the V stands for Verdugo. So, like, that is why I took well Verdugo <laughs> for the MVP. That's why I'm also the VP of the Alex Verdugo fan club behind my man Taylor as the president. And it's also okayed by Chris Verdugo. So, guys, I, I love me Verdugo, you know? The only thing is now, Pete, you sit there and brought up a great a great point with a swag. Okay. Everybody watched the futures game uh yesterday or, or or watch highlights or anything. Now, Pete, who has better swag? Marcella Myers cleats or Alex Verdugo? Because those cleats were on fire. I gotta say, I didn't see the futures game. I was a little bit out of it the past couple of days, so I'll have to. I'll have to give me a Google before I uh, by comment. He had but, actual but, Fenway dirt inside the Nike check. It was custom made. 
Yeah, in the swoosh. That, that is that there is very real swaggy. Fenway dirt because he wanted for his future home. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, but but my man Verdugo with the sleeves. He's got the sleeves with the flowers on. Did you see Verdugo's custom glove? Oh, oh, the custom the glove. Yeah, he, yeah, yep. I, I yeah. don't know. I haven't seen the clip yet, but I'm all in on Verdugo. Swag. I'm pushing all my tips in. It's Verdugo all the time. Verdugo okay, has okay. like period when he hits home right and he just leans back, flips the baskets, and just, I mean, he's mm -hmm. the greatest. Greatest. Pete, uh, I'm going to sit there and tweet these, uh, tweet those cleats out to you. Anna, please. Did you see, did, did you see Marcella's cleats? I did not, so I'm gonna have to take a look at them. And they sound awesome, though. I mean, anything that with the dirt in there, like that, they sound insane. So I'll I'll take an eye out for them. Uh, now I gotta sit there and go through and find them. But uh, George, George, something else. George, did you sit there and see him? Look at George. George knows what swag is. No, I, 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 I didn't. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, he's got a presence about him. Um, when I saw him, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Portland, uh, you know, the way he handles himself, it doesn't surprise me. He did that. So of, of course, George knows what swag is. Look at the shirt he's wearing today. Hey, we'll do a we'll do an encore. Ooh, see? Swag. <laughs> so are we, so are we, Christina. So are we, Ooh. we have our little, there, there we are. Yeah. And I got my oh, okay. touch Duvall. So. <laughs> So He's looking for the but, picture uh, of the cleats right now. He is looking. I, I mean, these are fire. These cleats are so cool. <laughs> yeah. hey, He's on a mission now. So. Hey, I say, Pete, you found them? Oh yeah, I just found them on MLB uh, Life. Did, yeah, the futures uh, game, the Nike Stoos. Did you find the, them on your the, on your phone or on the computer? Uh, my phone. Uh, as I say, you found it on the computer. I could sit there and and share the screen right on. Oh, I'm sorry. I looked it up on my um. Yeah, I can look. I can probably find it. I found them. I mean, I'm on, I'm on a different thing, but my goodness, those are awesome. Okay, now now I'm going to have to pull them up. Oh, my God, yes. I want one. Oh, my gosh. I, mean, I know, I right? Do you think? Can, I'm pretty sure we can do that. I I'm mean, just like from from in night. <laughs> I'm sure that was pre-planned or something, but. George, you need to go and look them up. It was the first thing that popped up on Twitter and on Instagram and everywhere. I was like, oh, yes. yes. They're Fenway Dirt. What's more, I mean, what's more beautiful? They were, than they were awesome. They were awesome. Dirt. I just I, I just found them. There you go. Yep. That's that's pretty impressive. Who was the, uh, who was the guy? That... Yep. Uh, let me see here. Share screen. Right there it is. Yep. Like those, th those are nice. I just love that the green next... monster in the background. Yes, oh, yeah. it is. It's the green, the dirt door. right there. <laughs> Perfect. Man, what I, is that little bar I, below, below the Nike? It says Nike, and then the look. What's that? Is that like what's that yellow? Is that gold? Yeah, yeah. it's just gold. Yeah, that's cool. I like those. Uh, right here. That let's sit there and uh, go. We're going right from. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go later. <laughs> May, Mayor brings Fenway to future uh, futures game cleats, dirt and all. 
Uh, let's sit there. And, uh, they asked uh, me what I wanted for cleats, and I wanted something a little flashy, Meyer said. Dude, I can't believe they put Fenway dirt on the swoosh. They killed it. They reached out to me last week, and it was a quick text, and then we ended up getting it done. It's crazy how many cleats they get done in a short period. But that was was only his left shoe. Meyer grew up in Chula Vista, California, just outside San Diego, and his right cleat was a nod to his hometown with a bright teal look. The hope was to use sand from the beaches in Southern California within the shoe swoosh, but the turnaround time was too tight. Yeah, that's the that's the other cleat on the other side right there. Man, it's that's crazy. Those are that some nice sick. cleats. That is sick, <laughs> definitely. So, uh, Christina, I know you're a big cleat person. Kike's cleat, uh, Kike's mint green cleats, or Marcella Myers cleats. Oh, Marcella Myers, all the way. But I'm a little hey. mad with Kike right now. Anyways, like I told you, he's known as Enrique in my house because when you're in trouble in my house, you get the full name. Yeah. <laughs> but so. no, honestly, it, my his Marcelo's cleats were just—I mean, they were—they were awesome. They were awesome. So, guys, yeah. hey, we're gonna go around the horn. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you at. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for coming on. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing these live shows every now and then uh, just because it, it's just us. Yeah, it's about the Red Sox, but we just didn't have fun. You know what I mean? Uh, th there's no arguing anymore. Uh, there's, you know, we just sit back and we, we discuss. We, we all had our own opinions about the awards. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad we all agreed on Verdugo being the MVP uh, of the whole thing. Uh, so... But uh, George, George, we're going to start with you. Uh, tell everybody, uh, you know, where they can find you. And kudos on your last couple articles that you've been putting out. Uh, if you guys uh, don't get a chance to check them out, please do. Uh, you can find them on our link tree. Uh, George, the floor is yours. Sure. Um, on Twitter, it's at Thurland Systems. Um, I have a substack called uh, Pundit of the Pesky Pole. Um I do uh, uh, periodic stuff uh, on that as well as a regular Sunday column on sports in general. Uh, as uh, Rich said, you, know, you can find all my stuff just by going to their link tree and all my articles are out there. Uh, I'm, I, I recently you know, became the head writer you know, for the Pesky Podcast. Um, I'm just a, an old fan been around a long time and I love baseball. So I'm having a blast doing this. Yeah, George, uh, I really appreciate you being a part of us. You know, you started your journey in the writing, the yeah. exact same set, exact same time that DC started our journey on the podcasting. And, you know, well, you only help us out be better than, you know, we are. So I want to thank you. I'm sure DC would say the exact same thing. Well, I thank you, but you guys as well. Um, yeah, we did start out what, within a day or two of each other of getting started. So, yeah, I, I'm just having a blast. This is so much fun to do. And like today, the, like I said, the live show, this is great. So uh, I, I like, like working with all you guys. This is, you know, we should, you know, this is one of these things. Baseball is fun. Let's, let's have fun. Jeff from Off the Monster. <laughs> Yeah, I want to echo George. This is a lot of fun. I don't know what everybody does for a living full time. 
I know I have a very stressful job. I do disaster preparedness for a living. And to do something like this that gets my mind off the stress and anxiety of everything that's going on in the world 24-7 is just fantastic. I've met some great people I never would have met. Um, Stats down in Florida, Mr. Taylor down in Texas. I knew Jeremy, obviously, out here. Christina has been on the pod. I've been on your pod now a couple times, Rit. Um if you'd like to come on off the monster podcast, we're only we want to step up our game. Uh, we're at OT Monster, like in the my spelling there, underscore pod. Uh, we try to get at least once a week, but we're trying to get a little bit more going. Um, if you want to be on, please reach out to me. Love to get more people on our podcast and mix things up and try to get a uh, a mixture of generations in there because we have you know. Stats is 18, 19 years old. Jeremy's in his 30s. Taylor and I are in our 50s. So it's good to have a, a, a view of different or different views of how they view baseball. I, and Taylor and I definitely are not uh, the StatCast era. We're not those guys. We didn't get raised up on computers um, and Twitter and Facebook and all these numbers coming at you all the time. So I just want to watch a baseball game, you know, and that's why I enjoy. So I enjoy this. You know, maybe we, I hope we could do another one of these, um, maybe for the trade deadline. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I love talking to you guys. It's been a blast these last two hours. Jeff, uh, you put up, make a good point. Maybe the night of the trade deadline we can sit there and throw something together, uh, talk about what's going on, not only with the Red Sox, but maybe across baseball altogether a little bit. So that's a great idea. I'll, I'll run it by the board of directors with uh, with DC and myself and George and and uh, see if we can get uh, that happening. So Anna, you made it through your first one. I know it feels like this may not be my last. I don't know, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I uh, <laughs> this has been so fun, and I researched and prepared and stressed insanely like thinking I was going to let people down um but I this has been awesome I've just really enjoyed it you guys are great um I host my own um as you mentioned Twitter baseball space MLB barrel up with Anna and Joseph um with my co-host um every Monday at 8 Eastern Standard live on Twitter so people can check that out and um I'm already getting a lot of Boston Red Sox fans following me by being connected <laughs> more with you guys, but people are are welcome to follow me. And I think they can see my hashtag or my, my uh, username on the screen, yep. I hope. Um, yeah, but it's can. just F FKA um, Anna Banana. So thank you so much. Hey, thank you for uh, letting us be your first podcast to come on. Uh, it's, it's been really great to have you on. Uh, like I told you, you know, and you were a little worried in the DMS, I was like, listening to you on your space. It's like, you're going to be fine. You know what I mean? And you were fine. You were great. And I enjoyed having you on. Uh, we're going to skip the pesky party girls for now. So Pete, please tell everybody where they can, uh, get a hold of you at. And, uh, if you want to shout out anything. Sure. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. It's uh, my 
I came up with a very creative Twitter handle. I thought about it for a really long time. It's P underscore Collins underscore. So I just want to say I did, you know, really spend a lot of time on that. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Give me a follow. Look, look out for me out there. I also, um, I mean, I've been a Red Sox fan since I could walk, since I could watch TV and understand. So, and I played baseball my entire life. I study the game. I just love baseball to no end. So that's why, you know, <laughs> I just, accepted this info and I found this to be great. You guys are a great group, you women, men, everyone, a great group of people just in general. So I, I had a blast, but what I talk about on my podcast is Boston college, um, their sports and sports and what they have to do. So we're looking forward to their football season. Check us out. BC banter pod. Um, we're have a website coming out soon. We're pretty new. So I just like to invest myself in anything Boston sports. So uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hey, Pete, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, I reached out and I enjoyed uh, the conversation that we had with you. I know I reached out with you. I can't remember. I th- it might have been the opening day show. I reached out, mm. but you weren't able to do it. I know. I remember right. I reached out to you once before and, you know, I, I wanted to come back and, and double dip with you to, to try to give you an opportunity on here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. So now here we go. The pesky party girls, two thirds of them. So, Christina, would you like to go first, and then we're gonna follow? Or, or if you guys want to talk at the same time, you know, <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to. I know well, we're missing one. I know we're missing the the main you. one. They're yes, the main <laughs> the one. The She's main the one. <laughs> the president of the club. No, I'm surprised <laughs> that she didn't show up. I uh, know, uh, but no, I'm Kristen Fuentes, and that's my Twitter handle, CM Fuentes21. Been a Red Sox fan since, like, famous Pete since the day I was born, only I'm a lot older than Pete. <laughs> 48 years I've been a Red Sox fan. But uh, yes, love to talk baseball, love to watch baseball. It might be a little good that Pete couldn't make the opening day. I might have scared him that day because uh, when I am watching a game, there's a as you can ask George and Jeff and the writ there, there's a lot of F-bombs being thrown and <laughs> shots being taken when home runs are being hit. And, but no, it's all fun. I love it. Loved it all my life. It's it's my favorite sport and Boston Red Sox, my favorite team. It's like my other bestie who's not here says it's you get PTSD following this team. <laughs> And it's like a cult because they suck you in and then you leave. And but yeah, it's a roller coaster ride, that's for sure. But no, I love it and I have so much fun with you guys, and I'm so glad I get to be a part of it. Yeah, it, it's it really is a it's different because this is the first time that Christina you were on with Melissa not being on, and you know we just want to sit there at the Pesky Podcast, DC, myself, uh, George. We want to sit there and throw our thoughts out to Melissa and hopefully, you know, she's doing really well. And, you know, we missed her because she, it, it's no offense. You two are great, but man, all three of you together is a blast. So Melissa, we're, you know, just, we're, we're, we're thinking about you now to the newest member, Liz, you're up. It's me. Oh my God. I am. Thank you for inviting me here. I am just, thrilled because I live in Georgia. I'm the only one in my family who loves baseball. Everybody loves soccer. I am Hispanic, but I'm not a big fan of soccer. So I don't want to see a ball just thrown around. I love baseball ever since I was in high school. And um, to me, just to be able to 
interact with people on Twitter and talk about the Red Sox is everything. I love to live tweet when there is a game on. And I will live tweet all day long. And I will be all bipolar on my tweets, guys. And I have no shame on saying it because I'm just so passionate about every play, about every little thing. So to me, it's just great. Um, I don't have anybody to go to watch, the, you know, uh, baseball games when I'm back at home. So it's just me and my dog. And every time I get his heart, he is like, here she goes again, watching her baseball because it's just me screaming. My kids are like, okay, the Red Sox are playing. We got to close our doors because they hate it. So just interacting with everybody and talking about the Red Sox makes me feel the happiest. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys can follow all my crazy tweets on Twitter um, as Red Sox Lover as it shows there, zero one, and on Instagram too. So thank you. No, thank you. Uh, it, it was quite ironic how as soon as Christina and Melissa you know, they went to the Red Sox uh, up to Boston for a few games. And then all of a sudden, I sit there and hear all over their page, you. And I'm like, okay. Then Melissa's like, Rit, she's a pesky party girl. I'm like, I don't know. You know, because <laughs> that's really hard to live up to. But you fit in great with uh, with them. You fit in great with us. And thanks for having you on. Yes, thank thanks you. For, thanks for coming on. Whoa, what did I? Yeah, thanks for coming thank on. <laughs> no, thank you so much. That has been great just talking about Red Sox. So, <laughs> and the game. So, guys, it's about time to wrap this thing up. Uh, want to thank you guys all for coming on again. Anybody that wants a pesky party girl shirt that Christina and Liz are wearing, hit me up, DM me, uh, go to our link tree. If you would like a pesky podcast shirt actually no no if you are like the pesky podcast shirt like george or myself are wearing hit me up uh and it it's just great uh going into all-star break there's not a really a much for us red sox fans to you know be excited about all we got is kenley jansen uh we don't got nobody in the home run derby uh, it's just going to be boring till Friday. So, but guys, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And check us out next time on the pesky podcast. <laughs>